seen uh, Shazam. No, I've seen Shazam, <laughs> White Crow. Uh, Shazam was alright. Um, DC have made a good film. Um, I thought the trailer looked good. I was not that hyped about the trailer, but uh, watching the film, it's like see when you're seeing reviews like what's oh, like Big in the Goonies, it's totally got that eighties feel to mm-hmm. it. Um, and it was a. Was it set in eighties? No. Um, no, it's set in present day. There is a back. There is a flashback scene. But it just feels kind of like a Chris Columbus wrote this film in the mid eighties and it was directed by Richard Donner or something. Is it all kind of? He is not, but he apparently produced it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, if DC want to reboot the DCU based on this film, I'm cool with it because it totally strikes the right tone. You can't make every film kind of goofy though. It is a bit goofy, but at the same time, it's. I don't know. It's just it's a it's a nice, fun, entertaining crowd pleaser. You know what I mean? Because when you see the suit, you're like, "This is fucking dumb," but you're like, "No, nah, man, it goes well with the film." Um, but yeah, everyone's good in it. Even um, Mark Strong. Is this the actual review? Are we doing that now? Or <laughs> I don't know. We well, hold on. You want to introduce the show then? Welcome everybody. It is. March the 28th, 2019, this is Raptors in the Kitchen, I'm one of your hosts, Pat Rodriguez, and I'm joined by Neil McCulloch. Good evening. Neil raised his hands in a Christ-esque pose, kind of, uh, larger than life. Anytime someone does that for you, it's a Christ-esque pose. I remember like Man of Steel, like, yeah, and he does his hands like he's Christ, and he flies off, and I was like, dude, it's not all symbolism. Man of Steel, though, Tom. It's not, Come on. it's not all symbolism. Sometimes it's just, it? it's just it's just your man Manistil was there is a degree of Manistil was the bad yeah Manistil was the bad example there considering like he's literally thirty three uh, in that movie and like, there's that whole bit where he's like talking to the priest in the church and stuff like he is absolutely like a allegory for Jesus no I see he's a messiah figure what space Jesus space well yeah. is his dad not space Jesus no no his dad space, space God, God. Space God. Mm. He's not even that man. I mean, you last in church. The last time I was in church, I uh, was to see my wee cousin's nativity uh, concert. Was it shit? That sucked. It was. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, Shocker. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was. She was. She was. She was, she was she, out of five. Out of five. Man of Steel. Oh, no. Two. <laughs> Eh? Better or better or worse than that nativity? Uh, I cared about the people in that, so yeah, I would say the nativity is better than Man of Steel. Because out of five, uh, uh, I'd probably get a three. If it happened in the Tokyo Dome, would it be more? No, because it would probably one. It would be considerably more quiet, and two, uh, the attendance rate would have been appalling. If the nativity play had a dubstep machine that was destroying the earth, would it have been better or worse? You mean to tell me God would? Oh wait. What I were you know. about to say? You try to tell me God would destroy the earth? No, that God would have a dubstep machine right. in his house. Why would God not? Well, let, he created everything. Yeah, let, let, okay, let's think about this. If there, was, if there was a God, why would he not have a dubstep machine? I don't know, man. It's, he might have, it might be one of those rules where it's evil. Well, I'm not God. I'd quite like a dubstep machine. Yeah, we like dubstep. Um, and you're real. Am I, Tommy? Am I? Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> Is this the podcast to debate that? Oh, <laughs> Have we started the podcast? Is this the podcast? Are we podcasting right now? I don't know. He introduced me. Uh, I yeah, that's true. Did not, however, introduce Tommy Vass. Uh, I think the people got the idea. AKA Doughton Thomas. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hi. Oh, mate. I don't know if he was real in that. 
So, uh, that, them was the intros. Mm-hmm. And who are you? I said that already. At did the start. you? Yeah. You did. How long have you been attending? No, I think <laughs> like, like, I always introduce myself as Francisco Rodriguez, which like nobody ever calls me that. So I don't is, know that, is that for the SEO searches on the Facebooks and the Twitters and stuff? I, yeah, that, I always wait <laughs> for corporate. <laughs> I always want to see if he's going to get the date right. There was a a good streak where he's like, "This is what day is this?" A good streak being like most of a year. <laughs> yeah, that's I a also, good streak. Also, I this is see. Very... I, I think we should dump the date because then it, it's really telling than when. We give a date out, and then two weeks later the show goes up. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like the, the the movies we talk about do that, like yeah, yeah, I suppose, the, the, yeah. yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a year since we started the show back up. Oh, hey. was, did you look at the stats? I, I did. There was four people from Vietnam, and I'm guessing they're Balnave all. Is one Balnave, one of Craig yeah. Balnave. Yeah, he must have tried to listen to it a few times or something. Uh-huh. Either that, or he's saved up shows for while he's away. I Could, yeah. Mostly though Glasgow and Yellowknife Canada, I think was the other. I don't even know. Yellowknife, I, I don't even know see where that is. There's a movie set in Yellowknife. I remember seeing it come up in the bottom of the screen at one point. I mean that's your I think, title right there, Yellowknife. What was the name of that movie that was set in like a radio station where Pontypool. No, that was obviously that's the name of the town then, right? Uh, yeah, right. Set in a radio station. What? Yeah, it's Pontypool is the name. Oh, you got it there. Right. That was the name of the place, so it's not that. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. It's in Canada's northern territories. Mm. There you go. Mm. Means nothing, doesn't it? Is it yellow knife? No, it means something, Neil. It means that we are getting listened to by somebody out in the sticks, out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Yeah, it is the sticks, man. Yeah. Properly, that's like somebody's gone bear hunting. There is definitely a movie where Yellowknife is the place it's set. Could not tell you what that movie is right now. Hmm. Well, if you know person in Yellowknife, uh, right into the show. Or MD, MD, that mysterious Balnave figure in Vietnam. If you know, <laughs> hey. it's kind of the thing he probably would know. So um, Shazam, nah. you any more to say about Shazam? Since that was well, the review. That's no, no, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll yeah, get, that's totally no get. We'll, 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 we'll get to Shazam properly. Um, well, what's what's funny, Neil, is he kind of broke his own ruler because how many times is he like save it for the show, save it for the show? And I know this is the show, but that was far too early into the show. What are you talking about? This isn't the first time I've done an impromptu. You've been talking about a movie before the show starts. So I've just been like, this is Raptors in the Kitchen and that was the review or whatever. See, the thing is, I don't think Shazam, Shazam out this week. Cause I don't no, think it's, 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 it's next week. It's a few weeks. Or is it next uh, week? It's oh, right, okay. not this Friday because it's Dumbo this Friday mm. and then it's Shazam the week after. Dumbo's this Friday. Mm. Yeah. I've seen a lot of mixed reviews for Dumbo. I'll be honest, man. Like When I see the trailer, it looks dead cute. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting you to see because I think it looks boring as fuck. I looks pretty cute. I think it looks... See, I have no reverence for the original. Uh, I think it looks like it'll be alright. It just looks like a atypical Tim Burton movie nowadays. Yeah. Which, to be fair, has not been great. Well, did you not like, was it Mrs. Peregrine's... I liked the first two acts of it yeah. and then the last act of it wasn't very good. Right. I'm uh, trying to think what else he's done. <clears throat> he did a film with uh, Christoph Waltz where it was about a, a painter that was a fraud or something. Uh, like. It was his wife that was doing was it Big Eyes? Big it was, yeah, uh, Big Eyes it was called. Never got a chance what to was, see it. What was the last Tim Burton movie that you watched that you enjoyed? Probably Big Fish. <sighs> really? 
I'm trying to no, think. What's I, he done I, since then? I really like Dark Shadows. I know, uh, I know it's garbage. It's, I know it's a total trash movie, but I find it quite funny. I mean, Big Fish was like over a decade ago, right? Two thousand three, maybe. I think it was. Sorry, I'm sure he's done something else too uh, since uh, then. Let's have a look. Well, okay, I'll try. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah, Sweeney Christ. Todd, Dark Shadows, Charlie the Chocolate Factory, Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah, that definitely that came out after that. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't really know if he's done anything. Yeah, oh wait, no, Frank and Weenie was good. Uh, Frank and Weenie was alright. Was that him? Yeah, yeah, that was him. That's right, him. that was like a remake of his like student film. So it with wasn't. The same name. It wasn't him in the same way that everybody. Thinks no, they think that. Night, no, yeah. yeah, Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas when he didn't actually direct it. Yeah, no. Uh, Frank and Winnie was directed by him and it's a decent uh, film. So it's Dumbo, Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Big Eyes, Frank and Winnie, Dark yeah. Shadows, Alice in Wonderland, Sweeney Todd, Corpse Bride was alright. Uh, I've Corpse, never seen yeah, it. Yeah, Corpse Bride was actually alright. Uh, so yeah, the, the ones that are kind of animated, uh, things are good. But yeah. then other than that, Big Fish was actually the last good film he made. No, Did you see two, Frank and Winnie? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was very good. <clears throat> Um. Yeah. Was Leica not involved in that? No, because I think that year they would have been probably making Paranorman. When did they make Coraline? Uh, two thousand. I will say two thousand five. Right. And then Paranorman, which was Paranorman, was fucking great as well. I one hundred percent disagree with that viewpoint. Really, I was bored to tears. Man, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, it's a zombie film, but there's absolutely zero threat to anybody. Yeah, because it's also like a kid's film. Fuck the kids, get them eaten. My God, it made me think of Monster Squad, <laughs> which I if I was that. to watch again, would also probably be terrible. No, I've um, watched Monster Squad not that long ago, and it's alright. It's very it, much... It, hold, it holds up better than you would think it would. Mm, okay. um, but yeah, like Tim Burton, though, not really too interested. Got him it. Just, I don't really care. I also don't care about Dumbo, so it's a double whammy of not caring. Um, I'll check the trailer. Well, sorry, I'll check out because I thought the trailer was alright. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. It's got people in it that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just heard that the people in it that I like don't have a lot to do. Mm. Um, apart from, well, sorry, what, what's your week been like, Paco? Oh, yeah. I was going to dive straight into the film, so I'm like, no. Relatively uneventful. I went another walk again, but like I don't really have anything new to add to that. Like You put a fruit in front of the other, you but, see stuff. But life's been alright? Yeah. Cool, good. I mean, that but it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I end up going to like a, a pub crawl on my own. No, but that was an unintended pub crawl. You were on a walk that just happened yeah. to have loads of pubs. The the, the first pub that I came across when I ended up let go was called the Black Bitch, and I was like, I cannot not go for a pint in there. The the check in was uh, fun. I was like, yeah, that's a pretty yeah. badass check in. And then the next pub was called the Old Post Office. I was like, well. Kind of go for a pint in there, and then uh, after that, I was like, "Well, no, I just want to get drunk." (laughs) (laughs) But you weren't though, were you? You just kind of came back chill, were you not? I know it took like a good hour and a half to get back here or something. Though, by the time like I'd finished going into all the pubs and stuff, I had a a decent buzz on (laughs) because I had like two pints of Carlin, a pint of Guinness, and a whiskey and coke. Danny, our friend, went. Well, he didn't go ape shit at me, but basically, he had a word the other day when we went to. Me and him went to watch us and we were in the Athol waiting for you. 
And I got a pet to Carlin, and he's like, fucking hell, what are you doing, man? It's terrible. He's like, why would you get, I mean, I've got tenants, but Carlin's fucking, do you want to have a word for yourself? They're both just as bad yeah. as each other. Yeah. Danny can, I, both, I, I, I completely agree with that. I name. think Danny kind of holds tenants a wee bit higher than that, but I was just like, I, I don't know. I, in, a, in a way, I just seen, it was the first one there, and I got it, I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, you find that's this weird nationalism? <laughs> well, no, like, uh, I don't know. Um, like, I remember my, my ex's um, dad used to think Tenants was the greatest beer ever. Like, if he was on holiday, and let's say, like, he would be in, like, Spain or whatever, he'd want to go somewhere that had Tenants. And I was like, that's man, you've got, you've yeah. got a wealth of stuff to try, and you hark back to the Tenants. Like, tenants is only good if you are broke and you want to get drunk, and even then you have to fucking practically freeze it before it doesn't taste yeah. rancid. Or as friend of the show, Stevie Pollock will tell you, if you're not drinking for, if you're drinking to get drunk, as opposed to drinking for taste. Hmm. Hmm. Even then, though, you're better off with Stella. Yeah. Tenants yeah. is cheaper, is it not? Yeah. Hmm. Quantity yeah. over quality. <laughs> yeah. Although, so you had a, you had a nice time with your pub crawl. Ah, it was good. Sweet. It's a wee bit lonely. Did uh, you get any scan? Uh, yeah. Like there was a place called Bridge Forty Nine Bistro and Bar, uh, and in there I got the haggis and black pudding fritters. That sounds like a good fritter. Yeah. They were actually really fucking good. They were really good. Sweet. Actually, I had three pints of Carlin because I had a pint in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one. That place like filled up. It's like it's right next to the canal, and that place filled up with toffs fast. Well, yeah, they're all there. The name of it sounds like it's. Yeah, but but they'll all be there to go on their barges on the canal and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's like totally that. Like they're all wearing tweed and shit. It's like come off it, man. See, whenever I go into Balloch and you just see like the yachts and all that, and I'm like, man. This must be such a touristy yeah. place full of people oh, just here for the yeah. Like the worst bit. Back in the summer is a fucking like nightmare. <laughs> getting on the train from Fort William, like anything that's been near Malague is absolutely terrible, man, for it. Because like they, they just overtake the carriage. It's like I, I've seen four toffs, which I don't know if that's like a slang term or not. It is, is that a, like a, a world renowned It is word? a slang term. Essentially uh, means like a kind of... Posh people. A hoity-toity up themselves... Uh, like the, upper, the class, upper middle classes. Upper middle class. I think I think it's it's not a hor- it's not like a horrendous slang, but it, by calling them tough, it's kind of yeah, you're it's a class yeah. system you're but putting I, there. I, I once saw four of them take up eight seats in a carriage once. Wow! Uh, it was like you fucking assholes. Like you're clearly together because they were all talking to each other, but like they say to take up two entire tables rather than just kind of sit at the That's one table. That's bad etiquette. Fucking assholes. That's bad etiquette then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Toffs one star out of five <laughs> <laughs> what about Toffee fees no, they're really good they're excellent actually just you saying there you're waiting for him in the apple these were all together when I left you before you went to see us no uh, Paco went to get food um, no he went, he went to the bank well, machine well, that, uh, but he went to get food after he'd eaten what he'd eaten he went and, to get and, money and, uh, no you went to get Oh, this is great. He went to get money, and then we're sitting in the apple, and he saunters in, still eating his magnum. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, that's a bit offside. A- after everything you'd eaten in the Raven, yeah. you then ate a more stuff. Yeah, yeah. But also, and he found. Like, yeah. As well as the magnum, also had like a big bar of like raspberry chocolate stuff or something. You like, did. Uh, it was the pink stuff, was aye, it not? Aye. Which was rancid. It was yeah. Terrible. You had that, yeah. But while whilst he was eating his magnum, because. Uh, 
like Paco. I went off the rails that day, Neil, big time. <laughs> um, I ate like more calories than like a professional fucking wrestler eats <laughs> in that day. Like, oh, I don't like, know about that, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, my lunch alone was four thousand five hundred calories. That's that. I would say that maybe a quarter of what a wrestler would have. I, like I remember seeing a thing where the Rock apparently eats six thousand calories a day. I thought so. it was like eight. But in saying that, he's at the gym every morning All at the four, time, four in yeah. the morning now. But yeah, not only that, Paco uh, found his um, his Fitbit as well. Yeah, it popped off as when I was drunk in the earth the week before. Yeah, <laughs> but then the guy uh, the guy wasn't in to go get it, so he like just come get it a wee while, yeah. and we forgot about it. But you know, do exciting times. But yeah, that's why. So I'm assuming it's still there then. Yeah. Maybe I told him like if they've chucked it out, like it's not a big deal. I bought a replacement which I hate. <laughs> All right, okay. It was up uh, it just like the charge runs out and it constantly like it's a Sony one which is twice the price of the one that was like a cheap mm. Chinese effort before and uh, the other Chinese one like the, apart from the fact like to charge it you pull off one of the straps and like plug it in directly from there right. so like, it just means that like anytime any pressure is put on my wrist it just pops off my wrist which is why like when I was drunk I didn't realise it happened mm-hmm. but like this Sony one's got like a decent buckle on the strap but it just runs out of charge all the fucking time and it requires a constant Bluetooth connection to my phone so it runs my phone's battery out like uh-huh. instantly, man. It's mm. quite uh, unimpressed. But this isn't a Sony smartwatch to review. It isn't, no. It <laughs> isn't. Uh, this is a movie podcast about movies. Would, would, I, be right, would I be right in, in assuming you've watched one film and that was the film at the cinema? Yeah. Neil, have you watched anything that wasn't in the cinema? Uh, yeah, I've, um, I've not really watched a lot this week. Um just because I've been kind of getting... I've been playing the Division 2 quite a lot. Yeah, uh, I mind you soon. But I've kind of I've kind of reached a point where I think I'm going to stop. Okay. Um, you had enough? I was just... Uh, <clears throat> I'd been playing it quite a lot during the week and then I did a day off it uh, because just when a shift I'd worked uh, meant that I never played it. And when I went back and played it the next day, I just wasn't really feeling the, it. The magic was going... Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, what what I watched this week was I finished watching Love, Death, and Robots. Good on Netflix. So it's like a proper anthology thing, right? None yeah, of the it's, are connected. it's eighteen episodes, nothing connected. Is it, uh, all different stories. Is it Fincher and somebody else? That Fincher, it? Tim Miller, Tim Miller. That's there's, it. There's some there's some other people uh, that I know. I recognise a couple of writers. Mm. Um, it's good. It's uh, really enjoyable sci-fi. It's obviously because it's an anthology. There's going to be ones which are a lot better than others. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the ones that I liked from it, I think liked more, were not ones that I thought I would enjoy more. Mm-hmm. Um. So they're a good kind of toss up of stuff. Does the level of quality and the animation and the visuals does it remain consistent? It remains consistent because it remains different. It's uh, all of them have their own kind of style. No one real, none of them really ape yeah. uh, other ones. Right. Uh, and there's one which actually has real life people in it. Oh, yeah, uh, there's one that's got Topher Grace and Lizzie Kaplan. Is that a good thing? That's alright. It's an alright one. It's not. It's one of the weaker ones I found. Alright. Are they all 20 minutes? No, the range is some that are only like five minutes. Right. And there's one which is about five minutes, which I think is the best one out of them all. It's called When the Yogurt Took Over. That's a good name mm. for a TV. 
Uh, it's actually, see, it's the ones I, I thought were the best were the ones which were like five to eight minutes and weren't particularly... They weren't... Convoluted? No, convoluted isn't the right word for it. A lot of them kind of focus on kind of a kind of robot dystopia to a certain degree or sci-fi dystopia right. or going down a kind of a horror kind of line whereas the ones which I preferred were When the Yogurt Took Over which is essentially about how a senti- uh, science creates sentient yogurt okay. and it, it, um, the yogurt solves things like uh, cold fusion things like that so then take kind of takes over the does world. It, does it have a, a kind of comedy vibe to it, or yeah, oh yeah, With a title like it's, that surely. It's it's not played straight. It's it's got that kind of tongue in cheek kind of thing. There's that one or the second episode, which is about three robots on their vacation, right. uh, touring around Earth, which is, um, which as all the humans have died out, so it's like post apocalypse Earth. And it's um, the humour in that's um, kind of seen things like uh, like cats and stuff like that and thinking they're bombs, that kind of stuff. Mm. And another one which is, uh, oh, what is it called? Something Blue. Shit, I can't remember the first name of it. But it's, uh, it's just a wee five minutes uh, and it's essentially about um, what it is to be human and the human condition. But it's about like Blade Runner, man. Yeah, it's like Blade Runner. No, but it's about it's about an artist um, who. It's a robot. Yeah, well, that's the crux of it, right? Uh, It's a a reporter going to going to interview this artist who hasn't done uh, interviews in so many years. I think it's like a couple of hundred years because humans have evolved to the point, Mm -hmm. and science has evolved to the point where you can. Uh, it's like transhumanism, uh, where they're all becoming cyborgs, that kind of thing. And it's about this artist's latest project, which is essentially he's re- he's reached the pinnacle of his of his creative abilities. Uh, and this new thing is how um, he was originally a th- uh, a swimming pool cleaning robot who has evolved to be this great artist by uh, sculpting a human kind of form right. uh, through robotics but no one knows that how alright okay I see that's pretty cool yeah. that sounds interesting how similar to the Animatrix are these because like you're making them sound a lot like nah, the Animatrix I don't really think they're that much like the Animatrix did you enjoy that yeah Animatrix was alright yeah. some of those were great like some of the ones I hated the first time I saw that, like I ended up being my favourite ones later on. Yeah. I, I don't really it, remember. It's, it's well worth watching. How's your week been though, other than <clears throat> watching movies and stuff? I think it's been okay. Um, I haven't really done very much. Uh, I met up with, with my friend who I've not seen for a long time. Uh, shout out to Terry Quinn, who's probably not listening. Oh man, he starred in Lost. <laughs> not Terry Old. I know, Quinn. I know, I know. Um, don't say that like before he was in Lost was not in something else and his name was just Terry Quinn yeah. and that was it X-Files um, he is in the X-Files because he was also in that show that me and you have talked about probably uh, you've probably been there as well Neil 
where it was a Chris Carter show, but I don't remember it, but you know it. Oh, it, oh, it was the no, army one. It was the army oh, one. Space was... Above and Beyond. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It came out after. It's not like Flash it something, is it? Oh, shit. What was that fucking called? It was terrible, man. And I'm pretty sure Terry O'Quinn's like the guy in the, that. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like a, a cyber thing. Like they go in, like, it's essentially like Tron and they go in and like he's, he's like the dude from a, he's like a Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. Oh, he's uh, Kurtz. Okay. Yeah. I, I never seen Which it. Which is the second time I've said that as a reference today. Right. I just uh, remember you talked about it. I was like, no, nah, man. And you're like, that was fucking awful. But I'm pretty hell? sure Teddy O'Quinn's in that. I don't know. Harsh Realm. Harsh, Harsh Realm. realm. It was fucking. It was bad. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder it got cancelled after like half a season or He got 13 episodes of yeah. Chris Carter's not. He's a good ideas man. Yeah. But he's yeah. not a good director. He's not a great writer. And yeah, he should. He's kind of like George Lucas. You've got some good ideas, but just please, just don't some really the, like, touch. Some anything. of those later seasons of the X Files just became so absurd that they lost any relevance. Kind of, like, it was. Any. It kind of became that thing of. I mean, it was in the nineties where you know we didn't have as much choice as we do now. But it was kind of like the Simpsons where folk were still watching it, so they just kept putting yeah. out, and it was becoming more fucking convoluted all, all and that more shit, contrived. All about that shit with, with Skinner like being like riddled with nanobots, nanobots. that that other guy with the one arm could control. And... Crycheck, yeah, Crycheck, terrible. Crycheck was he, a he, fucking terrible character. Crycheck seen some shit man throughout that fucking. Crycheck started saga. off okay. He did. Uh, yeah. He was just he was just an FBI like, agent like, who was like, shady, like everything else. It just went up his own arm. Yeah, he was an, a shady FBI agent, and then he fucking he got the black goo in him. He got his fucking arm chopped off. He controlled Skinner through nanobots. He became a super soldier. I don't know. Did he? I don't know. He I think he did. It's the same as the cigarette smoking man. But like he died in yeah, this he, show, and then in the new when they brought it back, he they brought him back, and I'm like absurd. We seen him. He got missiled, man. Yeah, and had cancer. Like, he, had, he, had, he had cancer, yeah. he was in a mountain, and a Black Hawk fucking helicopter took him fucking out, man. There's no way he survives that. It's like the guy in Crank where all his left's a head. What's your favourite episode of X-Files? Uh, Tombs is up there. Uh, I like the one that's basically like The Thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a good mm-hmm. one. Um, I... I like the one with the ticks. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I is, liked... it, is it in like, the glow in the dark, but they're afraid you like that one? Where it's like the they're inside the trees, like someone yeah. cut down the trees and they shot. Uh, I like the one where the guy's shadow is dark matter. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> I was going to say. That one was really good. That is a very good one. Uh, I, I like, also like the one where like the the guy can pass through objects, but only if they're reflective or something like that. So it's like they need uh, to start shooting them with rubber bullets and stuff like that. I think I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's a couple of good ones. There's like ones where like Un- Under the Sea is a really good episode as well. Yeah, what happens in that is one? that the, the one, one where they're the aging? Brad, Brad Riff. Keep talking. Uh, Brad, it's, um, it's the one where I think Scully's father dies at the start of it. Don S. Davis. Um, Don S. Davis. And I can't, I can't actually really remember what the, the case is, but there's a, a really good scene where she goes to see Brad Dourif in jail and he can speak to the dead and he channels her father. Mm. Right. Uh, the one where people had built a new housing development next to the woods and it encroached on the little fucking tiny invisible tree people. Okay. Do you remember that? I don't I don't know if and I remember like the that fucking, one. They were like going at people's houses and things. Oh, stuff, wait, and yeah, like yeah. You just see their eyes. They were fucking terrifying. Yeah, man. I do remember that one. There was ones of the X-Files where the case never got solved and the, the, the antagonist or whatever just went on. 
They went on to become a thing, you know. Sorry, I didn't cut it. Just it was never talked about again. It was like a monster of the week. They had the lighthearted kind of ones. There was the one where like the The boy, the vampire one, the the one where the boy. He's kind of disfigured. It's almost the like great a great tattoo. Yes, that was a great episode. I get that was really lighthearted and really I mean, kind of fun. I mean, you say it's really lighthearted, but he goes around raping everybody in a town to the point where they're all having kids. Yeah, but see the way it's done. <laughs> like it's see the way it's done though. It's serial. He's a serial rapist. No, I hear you, man. But I remember. Do you think they'd make that in twenty nineteen? Absolutely not. Certainly not. <laughs> they no. certainly would be as blasé about it. See, w- see when you watch it though, the story twists it to a point where you're like, it's not that. Uh, yes, he's 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 a lovable character, and I think at one point is it not like the women are like, oh well, we're we're happy, yeah, and you're like, we're happy uh, having been raped and having deformed children, yeah. No, the X Files is a fucking brilliant. I was like, I loved that show when it, it nothing had kind of been like it. I never really watched much of Millennium, um, but I heard some yeah. of that was all right. Yeah, uh, I tried. To, I think the I crossover that. ep was good, uh, but yeah. Uh, Do you watch anything else, Neil? Um. Yes, I watched another thing on Netflix, which I can only remember half of the title. It's a dangerous world of comedy. Right. I'm trying to remember who it's a person's name that's before it. Used to write on The Simpsons and Seinfeld. Uh, um, Mike Scully. No. Fuck. Uh, uh, Conan O'Brien. No. Hold on. My brain is mush because I had a big nap. Okay. Um. Uh, you got already? That was fast. Oh. Uh, Larry Charles is the oh, Charles comedy. Is any good? Um, yeah, it's a four-part four episode, uh, four four episode series on Netflix, about an hour each, where Larry Charles goes around the world uh, into like war zones, places like Nigeria, um, the Middle East, and it's him trying to see how comedy deals with these kind of issues right things like race things like uh, uh living with terrorism stuff Politics, like that yeah. um there was the swingers were talking about rape there that's why i remembered i'd been watching that because uh when they go to nigeria like a lot of their comedy culture is rape jokes oh the interview <laughs> he interviews this guy who is a warlord in uh, Liberia, right? Uh, called General Butt Naked, <laughs> who got the name because when he went when he went into into battle, he would do so him bollock and, naked. and his his army would be bollock naked. Mate, that he, was that was his gimmick. If he comes up but, against some heavy artillery, man, it doesn't matter how shocking it is that he's he's going yeah. down. But he was also a cannibal. I don't know, man. Like, a, it's bad enough like cooking if you're in the scud. Um. Never mind. Running about going to war, aye, <laughs> avoiding bullets and aye. all sorts, uh, man. So, but he was also a cannibal. Mm. So you get like Larry Charles in the this in the middle of a street in Liberia, middle of the night, interviewing this guy, talking about what a human heart tastes like and things like that. Well, I thought you were saying he's like chomping on one. Now he's just giving the interview. I'm no. like, that's fucking like, mental. He's like. reformed now. He's not even in a prison. He's reformed. He's he found God. He's, so he's not evil anymore. He's now a preacher. So he doesn't eat people anymore. So what does human heart basically? Uh, pork. Shocker. That's the, the cliche answer. Yeah. That's the... Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose they don't call it long pig for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting show. Um, it, there's some... A lot, of the, a lot of the jokes are lost in translation. You clearly have to be 
have to be from there to get them. Mm. But um, when they talk, when they go to like the Middle East and stuff, and they speak to like women comedians and things like that, uh, kind of highlighting how like Saudi Arabia, a lot of their their jokes are about how women can't drive and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, they can now. Yeah, they can. Um, did that was, did I think that was only like last year or something? It was good. Yeah, it was just last year. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, you can thank the WWE for bringing progressiveness to the no, Saudi Arabia. No, we cannot. <laughs> and it don't matter what they say. That's bullshit. Um, did, like, did they claim that? No. no I'm being right, I what? thought this was like another example of like a when Hasselhoff like claims that he's responsible no. for bringing down the Berlin Wall. No. no. Um, the same way Yuri Geller is probably gonna stop claim, Brexit. He's gonna claim responsibly for stopping Brexit. I tell you what, man. As much as like everything about like who I am, completely and utterly like you know refuses to believe that what he can do exists. Ben spoons. Uh, go for it, Yuri. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Um, no, the, the WWE had an event there, and again, no women were allowed to perform. Only male performers. And again, there was a lot of talk of how it takes a while, but you know they like to. Progressiveness. Oh, that, there, there's, there's talk that the next one they're doing that the women will be allowed. All right. Again, Vince will he'll claim that one. He'll claim yeah. that we did that. When it's like, is it that, or maybe the laws are just starting to soften a wee bit on that. Don't know about that. It was like a thing yeah. for a week about like a journalist or something, like a like female journalist getting like imprisoned and getting like lashes and all the rest of it. Jesus, for, really? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. That was like last week. If it was even last week, it might have just been a couple of days ago. Do you see the shit about Brunei? No. That uh, as of this week, um, it's now illegal to be a homosexual in Brunei. You get and you get stoned, stoned to, death. to death. But if you also uh, new laws are also there that uh, robbery you get your hand and feet chopped off. I thought that was like an old thing. That is, I thought it was uh, they brought dark it ages back. shit. Right. Okay, uh, when we were in, uh, when we've been, me and my mate, uh, our mate, Craig Belnave, we were in uh, Morocco. Like, we, the, the Airbnb we were staying at, like the guy who, he didn't own it, but he was like looking mm-hmm. after it. He was like quite clearly like gay, like he wasn't even like really mm-hmm. trying to hide it. Uh, but like we were asking him stuff about it and I think Craig had looked up before we'd even been there, like uh, just what 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 the kind of local laws and stuff were. Of course, it's, he did. It's illegal to be homosexual in Morocco, mm-hmm. but they've also got a known gay pub there, which is like just seems like totally like tempting yeah. fate. Like you know, why why would you why would you risk that? Like why would you again? Ever... I think it's kind of like, well, you think about it as well. Like even like as far back as the sixties, where being a homosexual was illegal in Britain, you had gay bars and all that kind of stuff back in the day. Then you know what I mean, and folks still did it. It just seems crazy. It, no, it I mean, is. Like, don't it, get me wrong, man. The idea of homosexuality being illegal seems crazy, but like, just I kind of think in another situation where you would actively go somewhere like that. That's like essentially like giving somebody free reign to fucking. You know, jail you or worse, depending on what country you're in. Like, hmm. it just seems just odd. It's so odd. Hmm. Twenty nineteen and shit like that still happens around the world, man. It's yeah. unfucking believable. It's it's legend for you. Yeah, it's mental. Um, have you been watching the new Partridge series? Uh, I've watched the first two. Um, I need to catch up and watch the rest of them. Oh man, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> I've I've enjoyed it so like the last one, uh, like episode two when. He primarily deliberately calls this guy out for being a 
a Predator. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's very good, but I mean, it's Partridge has been around for so long. You kind of think, is this going to work? And I, was like, I I honestly think he he can do anything. Partridge is a I character think, that can exist wherever on whatever platform. I think the setup for this show is perfect for a character like Partridge. Of course, Partridge. It is of course it is. It's like, why would you want to bring? They did they did the radio. They've done the TV show. They've done the chat show. This up there. A magazine show in 2019 mm-hmm. and some and like you said to me neil that you i don't want to say are subjected to watching it but it happens to be on in yeah. in, in the household and you're you end up maybe watching a bit of it partridge? no 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 uh, the, the one, one show, show like magazine magazine like type shows partridge's new shows essentially the one show and what do you mean by magazine shows? It's kind of... It's, it's all the fluff you, know, you would like, get in a magazine. Yeah, like, you know how it shows like this morning and things yeah. like that? Yeah, it goes through, like, you know, things... Is that what they've I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Magazine lifestyle shows. magazine shows. Yeah, um, but again, some of the fucking shit they talk about in it is so good because it's such a good parody of who fucking cares about this? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, like, some of the things that come up in those shows themselves are ridiculous. Like, I remember being in a island last year and like that was on the TV, and the the topic of discussion was about how some woman had married Tetris, yeah. like she was from Florida. <laughs> okay. It's like fuck off, man! Like just <laughs> so ridiculous. Nah, I hear you. But Partridge is perfect for it because you've got you've got the the last like you get the presenter. I can't remember the name of the female co-host, but she's so she's perfectly cast as well because she's. What's this one called? Is it still ABBA themed? No, it's called This Time. This Time. Yeah. Um, but the the female co-host that Partridge has is so perfectly cast because she is exactly the kind of person you would see on these kind of shows. Mm-hmm. She plays it completely straight, and then Partridge is there being Partridge, and at the same time he's trying to do what he's doing, but he can't help himself but be yeah, really ridiculous. Can't stop being Partridge. Yeah, ridiculous or yeah. inappropriate or something like that. But it's great. I think it's maybe got one ep left. I think it was ep five, but. Like, me and Danny have been chuckling like fuck about it. It's been really good. So, if you enjoy Partridge, you should totally check it out. Yeah, the other thing I've really watched this week, um, we've got a new, this is a new Pet Cemetery coming out next month. That's right. Uh, so, I was just kind of flicking through and found myself watching the original Pet Cemetery. You like it? Well, Pet Cemetery is a film which I remember watching it as a kid and going, I really like this. Same. This is good. Same. It does not hold up. No. Um, no, I don't think it would. It's. It was. I was actually quite sad that it didn't hold up. Mm. Uh, I did the usual. Went on Wikipedia to read the synopsis of the book to see how it compares. How it compares, and like this this adaptation. What? Uh, right. Okay. Pet Cemetery came out in nineteen eighty nine. 1999? 89. Oh, 89, I was going to say, fuck, because it's Deanna, not Deanna Troy, uh, Thingy from Star Trek. So yeah, Denise Crosby. Yes, Denise yeah. Crosby. Um, uh, it's first, sorry, second feature by director Mary Lambert, who's more known for uh, music videos at the time. Mm. Um, it's adapted by Stephen King himself. Uh-huh. Who's, on, who's in the film? Who is, yeah, he's got a brief cameo. Uh, it's got Denise Crosby, who most people know as Natasha Yar mm-hmm. from Star Trek: Next Generation. It's got a guy who, a guy. who is yeah, in it. <laughs> he, he's he's a guy who's there. He's in it. He, yeah, I look I look to him. I can't even remember his name. Yeah, I don't care. All yeah. he's done is TV work since then, and it's told bit part shit. Yeah, 
Hmm. Um, but it also has the guy that plays Herman Munster from the Monsters. You want to go out that rad? Yeah, from yeah. Dead and Yeah. yeah. Uh, who, See, when South Park did that, yeah. I was like, I smiled. I was like, I wonder if a lot of folk will know who that yeah. is because Pet Cemetery is such a little film. But I was like, I love the fact that Matt Stone and Trey Parker use that. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's a they, great wee why, reference. Why is Cemetery spelt wrong? It's just, it's just it's a, a thing kid's thing, is. isn't it? Kids thing, right? Kids bury their because it's right next to that big fucking heavy road. Like it's a really busy road. Apparently, uh, a lot of pets are killed, so they're buried at the pet cemetery. Yeah. But being Stephen King, it's next to an ancient burial ground. Which is again, funnily enough, the house of the sh- uh, sorry, the hotel the Shining is in an ancient Indian burial ground yeah. as well. So if you if you don't know the plot of Pet Cemetery, it's Family moves into this rural main. They move to rural main. Of course they do. Because um, it's a Stephen it's King. It's a Stephen King. King. Everybody lives um, in Maine. It's a guy who takes up a place as uh, chief of medicine at the local <laughs> hospital. Um, his wife and two kids. Um, so far, this is eerily similar to arachnophobia. If we keep going, it is quite. Yeah. Arachnophobia is a far superior film. <laughs> I don't like that. Right, I'll get to that in phobia later. Um, the the family cat gets run over. Uh, Big Judd, who's Herman Munster, um, takes the dad up to this, takes him to the Pet Cemetery, but takes him beyond where there's an ancient Indian burial ground where we learn in the past uh, a guy had buried his son who came back from war dead in there. And the, the guy, the son came back from the dead. But it wasn't a quad rag, boy. Big Judd is completely irresponsible. He, oh, yeah. he knows that this cat is going to be some yeah. kind of fucking hell demon, and he still allows it yeah, happen. So he still lets it happen, basically, because he doesn't want to be girl to be sad. But it's okay, fair enough. I can understand these. I mean, that's why you buy more cats. Yeah. yeah the wee girls, the wee girl and the mum are away when this happens. Yeah. So he's like, oh, it's a perfect crime. She'll never know. So it's a cat. What can go wrong? Uh, and cats are hell demons anyway I mean, so when they're buried in an ancient Hindu burial ground imagine that times like 10 hell, hell demon squared oh fuck <laughs> did they not watch Reanimator no which is also a far better film that documentary oh fuck so eventually uh, the son the toddler son gets hit by Age. a truck and my first point well not my first point of annoyance of the film the son gets hit by this articulated lorry, which is steaming down this road, right? Miles away. And Why did it just burst like a cheap kebab? Yeah, exactly. The uh, this kid would be fucking annihilated. But then when it's been resurrected, um, all it's got is a big kind of scar down its forehead. Mm-hmm. As if, oh, maybe just get smashed up a wee bit. Bullshit. Maybe it just mm-hmm. got clipped. No. It's it a fucking 18 wheeler. Full force nonsense. Yeah, it's like a big fucking oil tanker, is uh, it not? Something like that. Like, it's some, some tool of the petrol chemical industry. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's not like it suddenly comes around a corner. It's a really, really big straight road. Yeah. <laughs> it just, that, I was like, how does the guy not see it? Capitalism is that the idea there? Is that <laughs> like capitalism or killing our kids? Well, can, we'll wait till we talk about us before we get into symbolism. Uh, <laughs> my God. Um. So yeah, the dad, set, the mother and the daughter go away to the her family who are in Chicago while the dad concocts this plan uh, to resurrect his son while this ghost of some guy who died on his first day in work 
mm-hmm. uh, tries to tell him, no, you can't do that. Barrier's been broken. Yeah. Don't do it. Very much uh, an American rule for them. Yeah. London type yeah. thing. So, also a superior film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also. And as you can imagine, things don't go well. Mm-hmm. So that's Pet Cemetery. Um I did a wee bit of reading on this or this film, as I said, I went and looked at the the book. But yeah. I also looked at the production of um this film and uh, having read up on it, it makes sense to why it was pretty crap. Right. Um Is that one of those kind of trouble productions? Well, apparently like this it was released in nineteen eighty nine. It was originally the rights were originally bought by George A. Romero in like nineteen eighty four and had been shopped to various studios who all passed on it because before then there'd been quite a glut of Stephen King adapted adapted stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, um and they weren't really making that much money. So the studios weren't really up for it. And it wasn't until there was a writer's guild strike, uh, and I think it was eighty seven that Universal went, all right, fuck, we burst. What have we got lying around that we can make? Yeah. Hence why the talent that's also working it isn't really that well known. It's very low budget. Um, the original cut, which was sent to the, the studio, was supposedly about a half hour longer, and that's really noticeable when you watch it because it just, it just lurches from set piece to set piece to set piece. Whereas the book has a lot of uh, kind of extended family drama, which makes it a lot more cohesive, apparently. Mm. Um, so you haven't read the book? See, I think I read the book when I was young. I don't, I can't honestly remember. Um, the the special effects are, there's some real garbage. Like, the Achilles bit it's look like, cool. The is, Achilles, that in, is that in the original? Yeah, that, that's in the original, yeah. Um, the Achilles bit looks quite good, except like when it's cutting in the in the heel. If you focus on the heel cut, mm-hmm. that's actually quite good. It yeah. goes fucking deep. Yeah, I remember the, However, that shot lingering. They're always fucking horrible to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. However, if you focus on the hand holding the holding this uh, the scalpel, there's a bit where it creeps out from under because the kid's hiding under the bed. This wee hand, and it's clearly like a porcelain hand on a stick. Why? Just mm. as shit special effects. But you would think of, of all the parts of like the the kind of yeah they could have had the kid do it yeah but then and when like the lead guy's fighting the kid at the end, there's loads of bits where it's clearly at like a porcelain doll yeah and it looks absolutely terrible yeah I remember that being um, things in any funny moments where it gets like thrown and it's quite clearly yeah, yeah, yeah man I love that yeah. movies that's like one of my favorite things in a film. Mm. Like it, ju- it jumps at him and it's clearly just shite. Oh, yeah, just I love shite. that. I same same with it. the cat as well, being a bat. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really disappointed with that. And then I tried to watch two. <laughs> I haven't seen <laughs> and that. And I, I lasted five minutes and I had to yeah. turn it off. Edward Furlong's in that. Edward Furlong, Anthony Edwards. Um, it's the same director, Mary Lambert. Wow. Um, it opens up. You don't even get a studio indent before it. Before oh, this really awful early nineties CGI kind of logo of Pet Cemetery Two, and it's all like a kind of scratchy look to it, uh, and it looks bull- and it's bullshit. And I was like, uh, I'm not watching this. Yeah, I remember watching 
Pet Cemetery, and one of the things that kind of scared me was when you got the sub story of uh, Tasha Yar's character, where it's her sister, and she's kind of haunted by her. I had completely forgotten that the I sister. Fucking, I love that you're just calling her Tasha Yar. This is I, great. Can't mind her name. Well, that's what people know her as that. I I completely forgot that that character is played by a guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's supposed to be like a a, a thing to about fifteen year old girl who's got. Uh, she's heavily disabled, it, like a hunchback um, and fucking. It's a form. It's a form of meningitis, a spinal meningitis. Uh, spinal meningitis. Uh, so she's like a hunchback and all emaciated and in her bed. And it's yeah. Well, no, because she can kind of get up and about. Uh, Man, that, that but it's like total contorted kind of look. To that it. that used to freak me the fuck out because she just she opens the door and she's like Rachel, yeah. and then like you just you're that, like oh, that, that, fuck. that is kind of grim. But see, once I realised, oh wait, that's just like, that's a guy. It didn't have the same effect. <laughs> Fair enough, man. <laughs> Your Rachel noise here was good though. That fucking yeah. used to freak me the fuck out, man. Because again, it's not really anything to do with the main plot. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's just somewhere that is something that she's haunted by. Yeah, it's it's weird because like, um, that that is a that's from what I read of the book. That's quite a, a main plot point because. Um, that's why Tasha R doesn't want her kids really learning about death as right. quickly because she'd been left in the house while the sister died, uh, so had that kind of guilt slash. Yeah, she was frightened of either. Like, does this like is this old enough to like avoid a lot of the really common horror tropes of like is there some kind of outside influence that is a expert in like what's going on who no. has to research no, stuff there's, and then there's, ultimately dies there's, there's like, absolutely zero of that right. again things get buried they come back and that's it yeah, that's that's it. yeah. yeah. The, um, see like how saying how I really like how Matt Stone and Trey Parker use that character in a, a bunch of South Park episodes the actual episode that parodies Pet Cemetery is very good, where Butters' his mum and dad think he's dead, and his dad goes to bury him, and because Butters is pretend, Butters is pretending to be dead because the boys need him to infiltrate a girl's house because you know those things you used to play That's when you were younger. It goes like it's like folded yeah, yeah, paper. Right, yeah, the, the yeah. boys discover the girls have this, and they think it's some kind of mechanism for telling time so they try to get it off her so Butters has to go in as a girl to get it but whilst that's going on the dad that like to mask the fact that Butters might be dead they they have him stage a suicide (laughs) where he falls off he falls off a building but they use a pig's carcass and the dad goes and buries it so when the wee bit's done and Butters goes back to his dad he thinks that he's came back a la pet cemetery and is now some kind of demon spawn and is really fucking good (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of this, pro- a lot of SMC's problems is it just feels like it had no budget. It feels like it's been filmed really quickly. Mm. It feels like a cheap TV movie. Oh yeah, there's very much a TV is, movie vibe to. There was a lot of that though, like that back in that kind of day. Like, yeah, that kind of cro- that was getting made. Yeah, like, that kind of crossover between the eighties and nineties. Uh, like I mean, that. it was a TV movie. The Tommy Knockers is a TV movie. Yeah, but this this wasn't. Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, Tommy looking confused. That's the one where it's like there that's are a place. Like, that's that was in, in Glasgow, was in, it not? Interdimensional kind of demon. No, things. you're thinking of Langoliers. 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 Jonglers was a pub in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> Jonglers was a comedy club. Was it not that's also a, like a Stephen King thing? No, no, it's Langoliers. <laughs> Langoliers. Brilliant. Yeah, you can see where I was getting that. No, from. So say the Stand was yeah. a TV uh, movie as well. 
Um, was it not like a two or three parter? Ah, as a mini series. Have you got any hopes for the new Pet Cemetery? Well, I was about to get to that because uh, I saw the trailer again Jason for Clark. today. And it's got Jason Clark in it, so I'm instantly turned off. Yeah, I don't understand the um, hatred from him. I mean, it was terrible. He's, he's, just, ru- he's Genesis, just rubbish. But... He's like he's like a potato. He's just there and useless. There's um, um, there's a lot of glowing reviews for it. However, we're going to get to this later on. Uh, and I had a lot of glowing reviews. I'm like, I don't know if there's people... a lot of glowing reviews for a lot of garbage. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll... I'll still watch Pet Cemetery because it looks the, yeah. the the film looks very different. From the the film I remember, the adaptation I remember, there's a lot more like, a, a, like more of a home invasiony feel to it. I, I don't think well, I the, will the watch new it. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the yeah. new one, it's not the the son that dies; it's the daughter, right? Uh, that gets brought back, and the daughter gets brought back, uh, and there's a scene because I noticed it in the trailer where the wife gets introduced to the dead daughter, right. knowing that the daughter was yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. So and like, he says, like, hug your daughter. Yeah. So I think they are going a wee bit more. Right. Uh, trying to be their own thing, I think. Okay. I'll watch it, but. Oh, yeah, I'll watch it. I, I probably won't. Just not my bag. You've all. never really been that big into horror, have you? Like, I'm, I'm into vampires, werewolves, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, before Twilight. He's a big fan of Twilight. <laughs> Loves it, man. Hey, but yeah, like, when it comes to, like. Do you like all other... of Anne Rice's adaptations? You like Interview the Vampire? Yeah, Did like, you like Queen of the Damned? I liked, I liked Queen of the Damned more than I should have done. Right. I'll uh, say that that's, much. That's a fair I, I really, really like the soundtrack for Queen of the Damned. It's, uh, like, it's a good soundtrack. It yeah. ended up being like a... Is it late thing, 90s? 98, 99? It's a lot of God smack. No, it was early 2000s because <laughs> I, I should have been in college, but instead I was watching that film in the cinema. Right. Uh, so like 2001, 2002 is when mm. it came out. But yeah, it had like static X, it had the deaf tones, it had a it's very, it's very much new metal. Uh, yeah, but like I, I had never heard the deaf tones before that, so that was right. my gateway into the deaf tones. And like changing the House of Flags, which is the one that was on that album, is a still my favorite song by them. Hmm. Um, Interview of the Vampire is a great movie. The yeah, right. Interview of the Vampire is like the book is way better. Yeah, uh, I but, like, that as the well. book of Queen of the Damned is fucking excellent. I see the first four. Let's see, it's Interview Vampire Lestat, Queen of the, the Damned, Damned and then the Tale of the Body Thief. Thief is they're, starts, they're all pretty. Tale of the Body Thief is when it starts going downhill, man. I think you said it's when she it's when she became a Christian. That well, then it becomes really bad. But like it, it was already on the kind of verge of being complete shit before then. Mm. Um, but yeah, those first three books are excellent. Yeah. Tale of the Body Thief was all right, but just Vampire Lestat that's a great book. Yeah. I wonder how they if they hold up now. Though. The first one definitely does. Interview with the Vampire absolutely hundred percent holds up. Mm. Uh, As in the film or the book, both. Oh, the film's still good. Yeah, I watched that not long ago. It's still very mm. good. Um, yeah, like the other ones I've not read again, but like I've read the first one a, a few times. Right. Mm. Her books became so terrible. Like it just, it just became so trash. Like she was always trying to be dead edgy because, like, Interview of the Vampire had a part where, like, they are feeding off of a child, mm. and like that was obviously supposed to be like, I mean, they're literally predators, and they're, like they're feeding off a child. It's like a, a total metaphor for. A pedophilia kind of thing which is edgy and stuff uh, obviously it's fucking horrific but like she always tried to one up herself in like the kind of subsequent books till it got to the point where like 
list that would like lick out a nun who was on her period yeah. like why is this happening and then she's like oh man like I've run out of ideas so the next one the vampires are hermaphrodites it's like fucking just give it up and just give it up <clears throat> fucking mm. okay <laughs> you ruined a good thing Anne I know man <laughs> yeah I look forward to the BuzzFeed articles <laughs> about her mm. um, so there was that yeah. <laughs> uh, what have I watched uh uh, I watched Easy A for the first time. What a great wee film, man! I'd never seen it before, but I remember like I remember seeing the trailers for it. It's Emma Stone. It. It's kind of good. It's uh, Will Glick, I think, directs it. And I was like, yeah, this seems like a decent effort. I just never watched it. And then the other night, I was like, ah, all right. And it was great. It's it's the kind of film where I'm like, if you were to do a double feature of that and Mean Girls, that'd be a good night. Uh, Easy A was very funny. It was very well written. Uh, Stanley Tucci's good in it. Um, Emma Stone's great in it. Um, the whole like, do you know the plot of it? No. Nope. It's kind of a remake of the Scarlet Letter. It's basically it's got that in it, and the idea being that Emma Stone um is in high school, and this guy needs a favor where basically he's gay. When was this made? Uh, twenty ten, I think it was. I think I think is this post just post super bad? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically so she could feasibly be in high school. Is what you're telling no, me. no. Well, she she could be, but she was twenty odds at yeah, least. Right. Um, but yeah, she basically is, she's this really cool uh, lassie, and um, she ends up la- she tells a white lie about how she lost her virginity, and then it does the whole high school thing of everybody finds out, and then everybody wants to know this, and then she basically starts helping well, <laughs> helping people where uh, for kind of rewards where it's like, can I say I did this for you, and I'll give you forty dollars and all that, but then she's seen so as this- it's essentially just ripping off part of Robbie and Michelle's high school reunion. Do you know what? I've never seen that. you never seen Romeo and Michelle's Hacks? No. What part is that? Where she gets the BMW from Ramon. She pretends to have sex with him. Oh, I don't remember that. Romeo is that Mich- one? That's the very start. That's right, the very start. Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion is in... It's, it's probably in my top ten comfort movies. Yeah, mm. that's the thing though. It's exactly that. It's like a kind of feel good. Yeah, it's, it's snigger movie. It's, it's so not, it's just so dumb. It is not a laugh out loud yeah. comedy. Yeah, so, well, so, like, he, there's loads of good bits in it. Like, yeah. the bit, like there's a part in it where a uh, which which one's Romy, which one's the shell? The one who's not uh, Lisa Kudrow. Uh, Romy's Mira uh, Savina. Yeah, so like she, she's like trying to lose weight, or like she's talking about like in her past how she was like a chubby child and she wanted to lose weight for the prom, and then she keeps talking about how she was dead lucky that she got mono. She doesn't realize that like getting a disease was like a a reasonably bad thing. No, I, I think I've heard the both of you talk highly of it like over the years. It's just something I've never seen. I'll maybe watch it. Lisa Kudrow is like because she doesn't want to go to the reunion. How everyone think that she's a loser. She makes up a story about who she. Invented post-its, uh, <laughs> and just immediately gets found out. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, an easy A, like again, the Scarlet Letter comes into it mm. where um, she kind of talks a lot about how what that story's about, and basically she's branded a harlot for yeah. uh, going about school. So she kind of puts a wee red A on her outfits, but she doesn't see it as in a very postmodern over. Yeah, but she doesn't. She she is a cool person though. She doesn't really see as she's doing anything wrong. She doesn't give a shit about. It, what these folk are thinking because it's not true she sees it as and I'm just trying to help folk I'm trying to do favours but then it kind of gets a bit out of control and then it kind of you've got this whole high school movie kind of 
cliches in it and it even references things like the breakfast club and sweet 16 and things like that and it kind of has a wee bit of a pastiche to that um but no man i i thought it was very as i said i thought it was very well written it was really funny um i thought like I think I said this to you, Neil. Like Stanley Tucci plays her dad, and I can't remember who plays the mum. It's Tammy One from Parks and Rec, but the two. Ah, uh, her from um, Will and Grace. No, no, no. That's Tammy Two. Tammy One. Oh no! Oh, Tammy One's. Um, Fran. I was going to say Francis Conroy, but it's not Francis. Conroy. It's not Francis. I know who you're talking about. She doesn't like Francis Conroy. Yeah. But basically, the the them two's parents are great in it. I, like I said, these are like one of the best parents i've seen in cinema uh but yeah it was a great like light-hearted laugh you know what i mean it was uh, like again it might end up being described as a comfort movie but it was very easy going so you should, if you check it out it's very fun if you like mean girls and that kind of comedy uh check it out um do you want to talk more about shazam no i'll talk about shazam later on uh i also watched the assassination of donatello uh, sorry of gianni versace which is an American crime story, and uh, the first one was American crime story, the OJ case, and it's from Ryan Murphy, creator of American Horror Story and Glee. Uh, as an anthology series, it was fine. It's if you've seen American Horror Story or even American Crime Story, it's very much a Ryan Murphy production. It's very flamboyant. It kind of plays with history. Um, it's entertaining. Everyone's pretty good in it, um, especially the 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 lead in it who plays the the assassin. Um, he was great. Um, and uh, Penelope Cruz was really good in it. Uh, Ricky Martin was in it, and I was like, I don't know if you've got any business being this, Ricky. <laughs> you, you're you're so you're just there. Emily could have done this. What song did he do? Live in La Vida Loca right. and shake your bonbon. <laughs> yeah, bonbon is such a bad. Song. And she bangs. <laughs> she, bangs she bangs. She bangs. Yeah. What's shake your bonbon going? Shake your bonbon. Shake your bonbon. It's just That's that is exactly pretty. How that goes. Yeah. Did he do? Is it? Is it? I'm gonna get the pronunciation wrong, but it sounds like is it? Vailamo. Vailamo. Yeah, was that him? Vailamo. Uh, no, that's. Um, the Tiero. That's. Tiero. Tiero. Uh, no, that, that's the other one. That's. Um, Damn it. The guy who was in. Enrique Iglesias. Yeah, yeah. He was in Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. No, Once Upon no, a Time in Mexico. 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 He uh, wishes it was the Bailamo West. Vailamo was Enrique Iglesias. All right. He, he definitely no, had it. Yeah. Hold on, wait a minute. Bailamos is the gy- Gypsy Kings. No, you're not thinking of Bambaleo. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of Bambaleo. <laughs> Which is like the best, the best start to like a song of all time. <laughs> what is the start of the Paco for the listeners? Bambaleo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, uh, the... It was, I like him, uh, it, was, it was a decent series. <laughs> I would also just burst on one's eardrums just listening on the headphones. So. Yeah. Um, I would apologise but you're all deaf now so you won't hear it yeah um, I'll talk a wee bit about well I'll finish off what I was saying about Shazam then I guess yeah, I, guess. Um, I yeah, guess I guess I, I mean I, I yeah I reckon uh, yeah so Shazam is uh, the latest of the DCU movies um, which have not been great up until this point. Uh, Batman vs Superman, Justice does it, League, Does it try to be like an actual integrated effort into the DCEU? There's a lot. No, um, there's mentions of all the right way to go. It, there's yeah. Basically, um, the synopsis of Shazam is it follows the lead character uh, Billy, who's this kid who's kind of in and out of foster homes. Um, He's kind of trying to look for his mum because when he was young, um, 
he got lost at a carnival and he's he was taken into care and he never found her. So he's basically um, put into this foster home, in which time, um, through a series of events, he meets a wizard and uh, this wizard needs him to be the champion to take on all his powers. The wizard's played by Dijon Honso. He agrees to it and so whenever he says Shazam, he becomes an adult and uh, has a lot of uh, gnarly powers, which he finds out along the way with his uh, pal that he knows in the uh, foster home. Uh, and it's just like this kind of nice wee ad- adventure superhero film. It's been compared a lot to Big and the Goonies, and both those, uh, that is absolutely accurate. Big more so than the Goonies. The Goonies, I would say, kind of more towards the third act. Um, Do all his pals become superheroes? At some point, yes. Yeah. Why did you ask that? Because like, I've only really seen the trailers, not really read much about it. Um, but from the trailers, it looks like it's adapting. Um, a very specific comic run, mm. and if it, that's what it was. So you've read these? If it if it is what it's adapt, what I think is adapting, yes. Yeah. So I mean, you've got this going on, but then you've also got Mark Strong, who, um, when he was a kid, he was also approached by Dijmon Honso, the this Grand Wizard, to be the chosen one, the champion. But the whole process is that you either choose to be the champion of this, or you are tempted by basically this dark magic, in which he was tempted and rejected. And then he finds his way back to this wizard and then takes the dark magic and that is him as the villain and that is all you really need to know about that. So he is the one and only villain? Uh, yes, but he has minions who remind me of the the creatures called Zool in Ghostbusters. Not the the girl. Well, the, the dogs? The dogs, yes. Right, okay. um, so yeah, that's the villain. Um, the th- but in throughout the film, like to answer your question about the DCU, they talk like there's folk that wear Batman t-shirts and Superman, like um, Shazam. Billy's um, friend is a big Superman fan and talks about him a lot. Uh, and they kind of acknowledge these heroes, but it never ever they don't ever mention what happened uh, in Gotham. They don't yeah. acknowledge events. Yeah, it's, right. it's set in Philadelphia as well. And there's mm. a again, there's a lot of nice wee just nods and. Again, as I said, it's a very entertaining crowd pleaser. Mm. I mean, I watched it. I I liked it a lot more than what I thought it was because I thought the trailer was goofy but fun. And the film is goofy and fun, but there's a wee bit of heart to it as well. I mean, you find a wee bit more about Billy's um, backstory, which is kind of kind of punches you in the gut when it needs to. And then there's the, the third act where all his friends and him are trying to work together to do the right thing and all that. So there's a, it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a really entertaining as I said, an entertaining crowd pleaser. And it is absolutely a different direction to what the DCU have been going, and it's a necessary one. I think mm. I said this to you, Neil, I think I've said it to you both at the start. If they were to choose to reboot the DCU based on Shazam, I wouldn't have a problem with that. It's probably a good idea, to be honest with you. Um, Fair enough. Yes. I don't think it would work. I think like goofy and fun works you have to for watch that it. movie. No, I'm not saying it's a bad film, but like you can't like especially considering after Joss Whedon, the Marvel universe is already that fucking just everybody's a smart ass thing. Like uh, having you DC gotta remember Joss well, Whedon and... only wrote two Marvel films. Yeah, but his influence has yeah, fucking the, affected the, everything. The, not even just like Marvel. There's a kind of like a house style. Yeah. That goes through the Marvel films. Yeah, but I would say you could even say it goes as far back as Iron Man one because Tony Stark's a bit of a smart arse, yeah, yeah, but yeah, totally he, he had nothing to do. With, Joss Whedon had nothing to do with that. But 
everybody's as smart as now though like they've all got their equips like everyone to be fair a lot of marvel comics are like that as but well we we mainly we're talking about this about the joss whedon style writing but see like when you were talking about uh, thor ragnarok last week neil that mm-hmm. has got that's got a humor in it and we quips that I wouldn't say are Joss Whedon esque. No, I think they're, oh no, they're because they're, they're totally YTT's kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. my point being is that there is that even like in Guardians, James Gunn's got his own like brand of humor in it. And now I'm not saying that Joss Whedon hasn't affected it. Of course he has, but like, not just that, but everything like just all films these days seem to have that kind of undercurrent of just like ruining any tension by having fucking somebody come out like actually this leads yeah, on perfectly talk about that this later. leads on perfectly to us <laughs> uh, that wasn't even intentional that is not where I was uh, going with it it actually does just lead on to it quite fucking adequately if you, do you want to talk about us? Uh, have you got anything else? Uh, White Crow it was ah, fairly boring <laughs> um, what's the just synopsis and then oh um it's basically about it's set in the late sixties. About it's a true. It's based on a true story. Um, I can't remember the like some uh, Russian Alexander thing. Yeah. Like a, yes, uh, he's a, a Russian dancer, and basically the film. Believe ballet. Sorry, ballet. Yes, and uh, basically the films about his kind of his rise to fame. Well, I say to fame. It, the film is set in two times. It taught. It flashes back to his rise to be like going through school and becoming that dancer. And then it's also uh, takes place of when they're in Paris in the late sixties, where um, the Soviet. This was a big deal because the Soviets had never like this was the first time a dance company that had been on that ground since I think since the war. Well, before the war, so. Why is the relevancy of a dance company? What's that got to do with it? It's just the fact that the the USSR, just be given that they were they were in front they're on French soil and that, and because the USSR at that time was communist, the idea of like being in a country that isn't like you know doesn't share those values was a big deal. Okay. So then the film is basically about this guy appreciating culture, being a bit of an arsehole to people a lot. Um, so you're seeing this going on as like he's a, he likes he likes Paris he likes these people he likes his culture and then at the same time it flashes back to his like kind of rise from nothing and he was not like born in a train came from fuck all family and then gets this kind of scholarship and then is doing his thing and yeah it, it just plods along doing that and it felt like I was in the cinema for six fucking days it was like two and a bit hours long it felt so much longer it was fairly boring. And then in the trailer, it has this whole thing about, is he going to defect or not? That is the last seven, eight minutes of the film. And the rest of the film up until that point, it's not worth it. It's just very... It, I can see why Ray Fiennes really wanted to do this. There seems to be a few films like that recently. What was the one with a... <sighs> Jennifer Lawrence? Red I re- Sparrow? i never seen that. You did. And then... Oh, Red it? Sparrow, that's Francis Lawrence, isn't it? Yeah, that was the same kind of idea, wasn't it? It was like I mean, it wasn't no dance red, red, red sparrows. Uh, quite like with him with Keita, I guess. Yeah, it's a black but, widow. It's a black widow film. Yeah, but it, it was also like a big part of it was has she defected? Hasn't she defected? Like, oh, like she, she was like, like a double agent yeah. type thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You are um, you are a good film about possible defection or whatever. Watch the Hunt for Red October. I think you see Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I, I think Take Your Tale Soldier Pie is a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um but it's yeah. It's a bit it's a bit dry, but yeah. yeah. Um but White uh, Crow is talking about dry. It's just I didn't hate it, it was just very boring. And it's funny because 
Like you, I spoke to you through messaging, mm. and you were you said all pretty much all of that, mm. and then my mum went to see it the next day, and come in and says exactly the same things as yeah. you did, like almost to the letter. Yeah, it's it's fair play. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah this is exactly it. I, I, it's not often I look I look at like like what time is it and is this nearly finished? But mm. I certainly felt oh, every a few times. I felt every yeah. I felt every fucking minute of that film. And as I said, it's, it's it is well shot. It's it's well acted. It's just not that interesting, in my I opinion. How is Fiennes as a director? Uh, yeah, again, like uh, have you seen his adaptation of Coriolanus? No. Uh, I liked it. It was it kind of went that whole um, Baz Luhrmann. Uh, was it Baz Luhrmann did uh, Romeo and Juliet, where it's set modern, modern day, day yeah. with Who's Shakespearean uh, dialogue? Um, I thought Coriolanus was fine. Uh, I I never read or seen the play. I thought it was decent. Uh, with this, it's like yeah, you can see finds as a, a talented filmmaker. It's not overly stylized. It's very simple. Um, you can see that he's loves like the culture of Paris and mm. takes a lot of time to to set up shots of very interesting places. Is he also in the film? Yeah, right. and that the, the cool thing is as well. I'll give it. I'll give it its due. Usually, when you've got like a Western film where it's about it's this Russian boy during this time, whatever. But he he never speaks English in it. It's all he, like finds is a Russian teacher. He speaks Russian. There's subbies and that. And I'm like, good. I like that. I like, mm. I think that gives a lot of integrity because he could take the easy way out. Um, the lead the lead uh, actor is very good in it as well. As I said, there's a lot of there's there's good things about it. It's just not very interesting, in my opinion. Fair enough. Will we move on to us? Yeah, well, Paco, given that it's the only thing you've seen this week. Yeah. So uh, it's gonna. The synopsis is <laughs> that there is a family at a carnival, mm-hmm. and they they have like a little girl who looks up to be about seven or eight years old. Yeah. Who gets separated from her parents and finds herself. Confronted by a doppelganger of herself in a hall of mirrors, a mm-hmm. uh, that's essentially the intro, and then basically the the movie jumps forward to her being an adult, mm-hmm. and she's moving back to the same area where she got lost as a kid, and she's kind of terrified about it. Holiday. Yeah, they're going. Yeah. They're going to have their summer holiday uh, at, at that same and, area. And basically, the movie then becomes like a kind of home invasion horror movie effort mm. with like something else going on uh, like it's not just a straight up you know normal people doing it where it turns out that like, these doppelgangers are basically on a rampage <laughs> through America yeah uh, and that's like that is that an adequate synopsis so it's like from there it just goes down the regular d- horror d- route depending on how much you I mean Let's it's, it's, like we will remain spoiler free for yeah. now, right? Okay. But, like it's impossible to talk about this film without spoiling yeah. it. So like at yeah. some point we are going to spoil it. But everything we'll you see. said is in the trailers. These yeah. doppelgangers oh, yeah, are there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and then it's like, yeah. why is this going so on? So it's, it's it's like a a home invasion thing with like a what seems to be a supernatural twist involved in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. It's from the guy director made, Jordan Peele, Academy made, Award winner Jordan written, Peele. Written, directed, and produced. Yes. So he made Get Out, which uh, was a big deal. He won Academy Award yeah. for Best Screenplay, and, and it was uh, a big deal. Again, like we seem to be in the minority of people who actually fucking hate this film. Like I don't know if you. I, I don't hate it. I just don't think it's particularly very good. Yeah. Like I, I walked out of that cinema 
kind of bored and a wee bit miffed at it, like uh, just because it was like it was well, just bored is exactly yeah. My it, it was it. it was just like it was nonsensical. But it was one of those things where the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I fucking did not like that film. And then hearing all the praise it gets heaped on it, like the more everybody makes out as if it's like a fucking amazing movie, I'm like, I just start to feel like I'm insane. Welcome to 2019, yeah. and, then, and then it's like, you know, on top of that, like, it's just, this is exactly what happened with Last Jedi, actually. We're like, I didn't detest that movie, I just disliked it. But then hearing everybody else fucking run on about it, it made me hate it eventually because, like, I just, I don't understand how something as shit can get such high praise, like, when it should just be forgotten with the rest of the trash. It's a fucking nothing film. It's, it's completely, the can, utterly, the can is <laughs> it's completely and utterly generic when it comes yeah. to the actual horror aspects of it. It does nothing yeah, original. It's utterly right? It's, like, fucking filled with tropes. It's filled with predictable cliches. It's, just filled with like what feel like they should have been references to other horror franchises like the the whole a uh, boiler suit and knife thing like feels so much like jason and michael myers yeah. uh, bit, but the, done the bit with the boat is ripping off jaws yeah uh, well I, like the bit with the boat made me think of the end of jason 5 i think it is like everything in it just feels like a rip off of something else but like that in itself, like I say, rip off. Like I suppose, if I liked homage. the movie, if I liked the movie, I would have used the word homage. Yeah. But I didn't like it, so it's a rip off to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, and I get that this is possibly an intentional thing, considering the kind of duality, the kind of dual aspect of the movie. Right, the whole thing is about doppelgangers. The whole thing is about like other people who look like the people who are the protagonists or whatever, or the, the so-called protagonists in it. Like a, but the movie is like very distinctly split into two. It's like it is a comedy and a horror, but it is not a comedy horror. Mm-hmm. Like the comedy doesn't come through the horror in the same way that it would in like the Evil Dead or any Stuff other, like, Tucker, like Tucker or, Dale versus Evil, yeah, or or, or even like Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. So it's like it just felt really jarring. It it felt like all the comedy yeah. parts were not funny. And they also had the double negative effect of making any horror sequence completely and utterly devoid of attention. Yeah. Uh, it undermined itself at every fucking turn. And like they were so distinct from each other. Like it was like this part is trying to be a horror sequence and it's such a fucking generic ass generic horror sequence. But then rather than kinda having any tension built up or like feeling like it was in any way impactful next second it's completely fucking ruined by a cheap shitty gag and it, it was just cheap shitty gags like none of it landed for me at all ever yeah. uh, I'm, I'm just going to let you keep rolling because yeah, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. don't want to jump on, in because you're because, rolling and I'll let you roll to be honest anything that I'm going to say will probably be more spoiler to everything yeah so like all that said like there was there, there are elements of it that are entertaining to watch mm-hmm. some of the the kind of scenes where the family before the kind of horror aspect comes into it when the family are just being the family mm-hmm. are pretty good like the whole i got five on it bit in the car was like possibly the best bit in the whole mm-hmm. film uh but even then that wasn't great like there was still something really kind of wooden and two-dimensional about the entire family uh even before the kind of horror aspect kind of came into it um but like yeah like it, it was like a semi-decent setup to a complete letdown of a second and third act. Yeah. Like, the moment, like, when the when the kind of 
the doppelganger family show up outside the house to start the home invasion aspect of it, that part where you see them just standing there and they're not reacting, like that was filmed in a way that we kind of made it like really tense and like really like what the fuck is going on? Like these aren't acting like people. What what are they doing? Like why are they not reacting? Like you know. But then instantly from that scene, which is the first scene that kind of highlights it as being like a real horror thing outside of the the prologue. Uh, the characters, the the ones who are like seemingly the protagonists, uh, they start doing stuff that like is intentionally made to make you sit there as an audience member going, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like the dad turns his back to the open door that he knows there are four people outside with you know potentially malicious intent there. So it's like you're just sitting there like thinking, "What the fuck are you doing?" And that's like it just starts there and just continues down that road of people in horror movies just doing things that no sane person would ever do and I, I get the like the, the counter argument to that is that if everyone done the exact right thing they were supposed to do a horror movie would lose its tension or whatever mm. but that just means that in my opinion that just means like a bad horror movie like you know in American Werewolf in London um, it's not like anybody does anything fucking stupid or ridiculous in that film. There's a threat there. Do you mean there's no threat in this? And like, it, oh, no. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, again, I'm, I'll, I'll come up with my thoughts on that one yeah, as well. The, but, but it's kind of like, one thing that's really great about, like, say, The Thing, they're in an isolated place where there's a threat. So, everybody so, in The Thing so then is they understandable. Yeah, so then mm-hmm. they kind of have to work that problem. Yeah. So I understand where you are not a fan of like say your Jasons, your Freddies, and that were like, over daft and they do silly things and like in us in, in us I do agree. But, but even then though, even then there are moments in those films where people do the right thing and they still die, and yeah. that's that's when like horror for me is at its best when it's like. It's, so, it's yeah, not, you're horror, not sitting there going you died because you're a fucking clown yeah, horror or you should died because you're an annoying child horror should be a, a total inevitability yeah, a kind of situation where no matter what you do you're still going to get or, fucked or even like fair enough like it is like a formulaic and cliched thing but like that uh, the idea of being powerless and throughout the course of the movie like understanding the the requisites to overcome the, the mm. obstacle in your path, like to, to kind of gain the power back to like mm. be empowered, and like yeah. it's why like a lot of horror when it comes down to it is like about the empowerment of women kind of thing. It's like mm. the the woman is the one who survives because like she's the underdog in the whole thing. Like she's the one who you don't expect to do it. Yeah. Like to the point where that is a fucking cliche in horror. Yeah. And, like this is the same like thing. When... It's, it's a female protagonist, and like she is the one who kind of takes up the mantle. Is the most likable character really in it. But she does so at the expense of everybody else in the film. Mm. Um, yeah, just I, I fucking didn't like anything about it. And then it's it's got the added thing where, like, thematically and just narratively, like, the more you think about the setup and the execution of the plot, the and, worse it gets. Like, and where things go, yeah, when, totally negating everything that's yeah, happened before. Whenever you shine yeah. a fucking light on any aspect of the fucking the narrative or the rules or whatever yeah. it all falls apart like yeah. so fucking spectacularly yeah. that it makes me wonder how the fuck people aren't seeing how ridiculously shit it is yeah. 2019 that's, that's, that's the thing Neil man like you're saying that and again like I consider myself a leftist. I consider myself a liberal. Diversity is fucking excellent. No, it's like, not. But it's that's not the twenty nine as, twenty nineteen aspect of it that I'm getting at. What's the twenty nineteen? Um, what like okay? What I took to be some of the main themes of it was about how um, 
as as a culture. Is this still this is still non-spoiler? I will wait. Right, but like I, I'll say this: like the only other thing I've got to say about it, like while we're not talking spoilers, is that like it is obvious that a lot of what he has done is intentional, mm. but. I think that he completely and utterly uh, does a disservice to any kind of narrative because he's so focused on themes mm. and the themes themselves are actually kind of shit or badly handled. Yeah. Badly handled. Uh, yeah, I'd say badly handled. Yeah. Um, do you Shit's want... not the right word for it. Badly handled is yeah, definitely... Handled it's like is. really poor execution of themes. Yeah. And the narrative completely suffers for it. Do right. you have anything to add before we go to spoilers, Tom? I mean... I'll try. I'll try to remain spoiler free. Uh, like kind of my thoughts because I went and seen it with Paco and Danny. Danny and Paco like fucking hated it. I can imagine that Danny totally hated it. See what you were saying about like it's been a while since you looked at your phone and wondered when this was going to finish. Like I've not had that for a while either, but I did notice that Danny looked at his phone constantly during that film yeah. to see what the time was. Well, to be fair, Danny thought we were going to see her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he's like. Yeah. I, I don't know. That film's like what five years old. Yeah, but that's that's how that's how he found out he wasn't going to see that. We were in the foyer cinema. He went. So the cinema just like show old films randomly every now and again. We're like, what are you talking about? He's like, like the film we're watching that came out years ago. He was like, no, it came out Thursday. He like, what a dumbass. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, me, um, me and Danny both hated it. Uh, yeah, from I the fucking like from yeah. the moment. I, 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 I enjoyed the first act. Let's see when it's just them being the family. And even though you've got to put up with fucking uh, Elizabeth Moss's fucking face, um, I, I enjoyed that. It's as soon as the home invasion starts, do you it want just to go? go? It just goes rubbish. No, because that's pretty much my non-spoiler view. Is all right. It's good until the home yeah. invasion. Then it becomes a mess. Right. Non- yeah. Nonsensical. Um. Okay. So as I said, me and Paco and Danny watched it. They didn't like it. I kind of came out of it. I mean, immediately when I came out of the film, I mean, I, I, out of the three of us, I think I could tell, I, I like horror, I like that genre, and I like, I could take, I could put up with tropey stuff, etc. Yeah, I was quite, well, I, don't get me wrong, I, I'm, I, yeah. I'm a big fan of the horror genre. I, I was quite looking forward to this. I mean, I was one of the folk that just thought Get Out was okay. Um, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was. I did not think it was this huge thing that, that became. Is that because you didn't understand it? No, I understood it perfectly. I just think See, that... that's what like, we'll get into that later <laughs> on, man. But that's another thing I fucking hate about this sort of stuff. Go on, um. Go. So basically, yeah. Um, I like watching the film. I I was on board with it for quite a long time. Um, like my I hate my problem with it is Jordan Peele. Is clearly a talented filmmaker. He 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 he, li- he he clearly likes the horror genre. And the problem with this film is he's crams too much into it. There's too many ideas into it where it loses focus very quickly. Now Jordan Peele's from a comedic background. Now I agree with you, Paco. Any kind of thriller, any kind of drama or tension is slow like anytime you're supposed to be on board with that there's some kind of comedic sequence that kind of takes you away from it specifically when you see like the the doppelganger family the other doppel doppelganger family and one at one point is wearing a robe and kicking about and i'm like 
the all tension from the scene is gone. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, there's there's very much a specific art to doing a comedy horror or have a horror with some comedic elements, but keep focus on the fact that you're trying to make um this kind of thrill this kind of tension this film that is supposed to be a thriller and tense. Now right from the get go where you get that scene at the start where the lassie wanders off, goes into the hall of mirrors, it's quite a tense scene, it's quite good. You're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, okay, this is this is what we're doing. And then it get and then even when the family go to the summer vacation home, you're like, yeah, okay, Lupita Nyong'o's character is still kind of traumatized by it. We're seeing a lot of like little things that reminds her of that experience, and I'm like, yeah, this is good. Right, okay. Um, I just remember things. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm liking this. I'm like, and then she kind of gets a bit. She gets a bit like um, scared when her boy goes to the toilet, and she's like, "Where are you?" On this beach, this beach where something happened, and that she's never talked about. Uh, also, the very first, sorry, the very first sequence of the film with the Hollow Mirrors thing, I completely and utterly guessed yeah. where that yeah, was yeah, going to go. That's so fucking yeah, so But that is, yeah, and again, I'm not going to spoil though, it. Like, but that, when they harp back to, I can't I'm, wait till he's out on as well as yeah, when, yeah, when they harp back to, I'm like. We used it. No, of course, it, of course, it's obvious. Yeah. But the way you've handled this is poor, and it's the same way where you, the mystery of the doppelganger family, and why things are doing what they do. I'm just like, you, you've got all these really good ideas, but you've crammed them into this one narrative where every time you show us something or try to explain it, it's not acceptable. It's unsatisfying, and it does. And then it's because it doesn't try and explain it, it at all. But it does. It, it, it does a total half. But, but, the, the, only, the only thing it gives you is like the very opening, not even a shot, but you get a, a wee screen on screen yeah. where it tells you about how there's uh, all these tunnels underneath America, be it railroads, subway, but yeah. there was other ones which people don't know what they're for. Yeah. So it's immediately all right. Okay, there's something underground. Yeah. Let, let him, let him finish but those. yeah, so you've got that right, and then it's just you 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 open up these. You've got this kind of mysterious idea, like you've got that. You've got the kind of mysterious idea. What's this doppelganger file about? What is this about? And as I mean, I'm again, I'm not Jordan Peele's brain, but I can imagine that this is a really good premise. But then, rather than give us decent or even any explanations. Tropes of stuff gets thrown in just to make the story plod along. Mm. And rather than, I mean, I was saying that I was, if you're going to make a cleverly ambiguous film, you have to make it satisfying and clever. It's like when you watch Donnie Darko, and that is an ambiguous film. You can read that in different ways, but as an audience member, when you come off it, come out of that film, you are entertained, happy, it makes you think, and you're very satisfied. Us tries to do that but rather than be satisfied or think it's even clever you're just kind of annoyed because you're like no you you can't have all this then offer this as a third act because that doesn't work because i'm already asking how did that happen how did she get that where did all that come from what is this and it's like a lot of folk be like yeah but that's just being ambiguous like no 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 you can't be ambiguous and show us all that and just be like oh it's clever trippy and cool because it's not it's like if you're going to show us that amount you have to go the whole mile and give a satisfying bookend to this plot but it doesn't it Mm -hmm. it just kind of there's a, a final reveal which is garbage because it doesn't make any sense it's purely there just to give the last oh to the audience you're like no this is it makes the entire Character arc of Lupita Nyong'o nonsense. Yeah, it does because it makes, oh, hold on, hold on, come on. Let's, let no, but that basically, basically that's that, that's my 
to to to, to summarize. Um, I, I, or not even a sort like see the start of it where the the opening credit says us and it's got the rabbits. So I was like, right, this is a, even the title card. I was like, this is good because this he's clearly a fan of horror and there's a specific kind he's going for. I'm kind of excited. I've seen horror films like this, European horror films, American, whatever, where you've got this kind of really interesting kind of symbolism. What does that mean? There's a bit of a mystery going on here, and I was really excited about it. But the problem is. Jordan Peele has far too many ideas crammed into this one narrative, and the comedy and the thrill, the comedy, and th- the comedy doesn't merge well into this genre. You can have comedy elements, whether it be a comedy horror or horror comedy, like your American Werewolf in London, or like your Cabin in the Woods. Two very different films, but they're comedic and there's horror elements to it. This one, anytime there's comedy in it, it completely dilutes the audience's uh, feelings towards the tension we're supposed to be on. I felt barely any tension in drama, and when I did, and was getting kind of nice one, NWA would come on, or some gag would happen, and I'm like, man, you, you fucking... All I kept thinking myself was, you're not fucking focused. You need to focus this properly. I mean... I don't know, and this is why it baffles me that it is getting like rave reviews and yeah. this is down there because all the way. I mean, to, again, everyone's entitled to their opinion and of the horror genre and what they like and films in general. See, I just couldn't understand why no, like all they, these rave reviews and folk are like, there's so many unanswered questions here that why are you not frustrated? They, they, what the what only, am I missing that exactly. is a complete experience? But that's, here? But that's the thing though. Like the only thing I can think of that can possibly account for like people coming out of this film and not thinking it was just absolutely shit is that it is quite clearly strongly like riddled with symbolism and allegory and all that stuff and metaphor whatever you like it's there intentionally to kind of prioritize the theme over the actual story itself well i mean get right? out has that yeah but like that's that's i think that's the the, that must be that must be the part that people are latching onto when they talk about how this film is good though like but as i said already for me the theme completely and utterly just destroyed the movie it just kind of like I, I when when the man when themes in movies are good they completely reinforce a story like look at ghost in the shell Mm-hmm. You know, like that that whole thing is like Scarlet transhumanism Joel, and. Brilliant. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, he won't be watching it now, will I? <laughs> Definitely not, man. Uh, the original 1995 Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's like the, the whole thing is like such a like a massively symbolic and thematic experience where like it's yeah, so man. much more to do with the subtext, the uh, yeah. the whole setting rather than like Blade the, Runner, that film that completely influenced it, but you think's boring. Uh, yeah, but it is though. <laughs> yeah, um, film subjective, but you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's that's exactly what our friend Jason Mann said about my opinion on us yeah, as well. And he was wrong, and he's wrong. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like it's I just. I can already hear him doing his Facebook just now. User, user, in for it. <laughs> but it's just that way. It's like twenty nineteen. With yeah. with us in particular, it really does feel like the theme just it makes an already messy movie worse. Right. Uh, so okay. So right. before before we go on any further, right? This is spoiler territory from now on, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Like, so- my understanding of the themes, and I might that, be missing. Yeah, I might be missing something here, though, right? Because like. The, the easy thing to target here for me, having not seen Get Out, by the way, which I'm to understand is obviously about... The, uh, the themes are... Com- well, for me, the themes were completely different. Right. They are. So, like... And Get Out's a better film. Yeah, but, like, I, I took it that... Because oh this God. is, like, an established oh. thing with this director that, like, Get Out was about race, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, 
when people were talking about this one originally, I thought that maybe race was supposed to be the main theme of this as well. Yeah. But like that's not what I took from it. No. So from what I can gather, and this might be wrong, I might be out myself as being a fucking total dumbass here. But like, is this to do with like a the American America and the West's involvement in things like Syria and things like that? Like a where. Yes. Where, like, the the story follows this family who are, like, a total wholesome American family. Like, you know, it's just, like, really happy they're going on holiday. They talk about having boats. They're in a, a holiday home. They've got, like, other kind of middle-class-ish type friends. They go to theme parks. They live their lives as if, like, everything is completely and utterly hunky-dory. They're not evil. They're not contributing to the ills of the world. And the doppelgangers And then the doppelgangers have a, have are a terrible having, life. And, and they're they... having to pay for that, like... Uh, you know like she's getting married and having lovely kids and stuff like that and these doppelgangers are going through hell like I mean they're being we're, I'm not saying the west are raping Syria but like uh, like her doppelganger oh, gets her doppelganger yeah. gets raped her uh, doppelganger ends up in an abusive relationship whether she likes it or not like all that sort of stuff right even this is then, before yeah. this is before the twist yeah but even right? even then after that reveal you're like I don't, what are you talking about? So, like, that's like, how right, is okay. this? So that's, that's what I took it to be. It was like, as if to say, like, we we are in the West and as people who live in Western countries, we don't see ourselves as responsible or culpable for things that happen in the Middle East and, like, propagating wars and stuff like that. I, and, like, I, I didn't, the, the movie being called Us, like, specifically Jordan Peele is American and it's actually supposed to be the US. That's, you know, is that the idea? Someone, oh. some guy already was like, us, US, oh my god. Yeah, and exactly. I'm like, oh, no, okay. I, <laughs> see, I never took it as that. I took it as it was more so uh, like you've got your you've got your initial family, and yes, like you were saying, they're quite they're nice middle class, uh, and they are middle class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got a summer home and yeah, such. Yacht. Well, and a, 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 boat, a shitty boat. a crappy boat, but again, it's <laughs> uh, a nice. Like joke. they're kind of they're kind of white, not white. <laughs> they're middle class. They're middle class American. They've got middle class American friends. Uh, they're this nice family unit. I took it as it was about how kind of the left have uh, how society's kind of become complacent. And especially kind of the the kind of what you would consider like the left, the kind of good side of society apparently. Um, and how they've become complacent whilst there's this undercurrent of, uh, I don't want to say evil, because that's not the right way to say it, but there's an undercurrent of you're, you're poor, you're disenfranchised, you're... Um, like you're kind of don't have the same opportunities. Yeah, uh, they're kind of controlled because they are. They've got nothing. Yeah, like you're kind of what you're seeing coming out of like your, your kind of Trumpy in America, and how if you if you remain if, if the good people remain complacent, that undercurrent of violence will overtake. I saw it more about the state of America, like internally. Internally, right? I don't. I don't think that works as well though because when well when like the tethered start to kind of tell you why they're doing it it isn't so much about like a fear of outside forces or like intellectualism or anything like that like you know like 
a lot of like the stuff that's happening, especially in America just now, like it's not so much like a, a class war thing as it is to do with like seemingly ideological stances on stuff. Like you know, it's like but, it, it, yeah, it's, but like, a the, lot more... the ideological stances in America is kind of a class war. In yeah, itself. yeah, it is. Like yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Like I mean, in this well, stuff, that, that's, like, that's why this, I from it, this but... is like the most interesting aspect of the film. Definitely is the, mm-hmm. the, the idea that you know he's going for something like this. And like you can have a discussion about it, and it's an important topic. Mm-hmm. And he's not like this isn't like one of my fucking major gripes with filmmaking just now. Like it's not like a Marvel monetizing fucking serious issues and not paying them the the kind of um, the what's the word I'm looking for? Man, I've fucking gone blank. The, the respect they deserve. Mm-hmm. Like this seems like a personal thing for him. Like he's not been told by a studio to fucking make a film with like a, a highly politicized. A theme no, to it. but he's doing it for his reasons. Well, yeah, I so, mean, again, this is because Jordan Peele is arguably taken. He's done. I mean, Bloomhouse are arguably the studio that you want to be with when it comes to horror because they let a lot of their artists kind of free reign. Yeah, that that was yeah. something that I was kind of going to say that uh, as soon as I saw that it was written, directed, and produced by Jordan Peele, I kind of I didn't shudder as much I was like right okay let's see where this goes because I felt that much in the same as James Wan's Aquaman mm. that see if there was more of a kind of producer another, maybe another producer with a guiding hand to maybe kind of go like okay good, good ideas let's maybe see if you can connect a few more dots right yeah. so like what, what about yourself like do you take anything else away from it thematically from what me or Neil said or it was just this film. No, I'm just, <laughs> uh, no. Man, I, mean, I thought it was all about how Opal Fruits was a better name than Star Wars. Totally was, man. Def- well, I mean, this is the thing that when we're talking about, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about overly political themes to the film because they're, they're clearly there, and what you are talking about, I can absolutely see that. Another thing could be. Don't worry, it, I don't find there's anything that will get you a Buzzfeed article. No, I, I think again, another thing it could be about immigration. You know, like the idea that like you've got. Like these folk are kind of being held back and not allowed. Yeah, uh, that's a thing. The fact that the tethered make a giant kind of line, yeah, hands across but I, America. But again, see when those kind of things happen. Like again, I again, let's st- let's take a step away from the political arena with this one. Why did the tether do that, and what's the purpose of it? Right. Okay. Here, here's. I'm gonna just spoil the shit out of this right now. Well, we've already said this right, is spoiler okay. territory. Right, okay. The girl that she meets at the start in the Hall of Mirrors is her doppelganger. Yes. So the doppelganger takes over the girl's life. Which so, we all guessed. Yeah, yeah, which is so blatantly obvious. Yeah. Uh, well, it, was, it was one of two things. It was either a, it was all in her fucking head the entire time and she was actually down the, in the fucking tunnels right. and was just imagining it or the doppelganger I, took I over. I took it, a I, I took it as the doppelganger took, took over. And then when it shows so, you yeah, what so, the doppelganger does, you're like, yeah. no. Yeah, so, so when the doppelganger takes over and becomes Lupita Nyong'o, uh, once you, this, this is, that's like the last five minutes that you get the, they tack that on where, where she all of a sudden remembers. And she remembers that that's what's happened. Yeah. However, garbage. throughout the film, there's so many clues to it that um, really fuck, which really make it so obvious. Yeah. And the Hands Across America is one of the most obvious clues. How? Because, like, that before the, at the very start of that prologue, 
the non doppelganger is watching the telly and his hand across the America advert. Mm-hmm. So, how would the doppelganger? Because she had the T-shirt. Yeah, but the doppelganger wouldn't know what that represents. But like the doppelganger but, but just the takes thing, that as clothes, but changes our clothes. But you're still like a trying to apply some form of fucking logic. consistency and logic to the movie though because like even that bit aside like the Hands Across America bit aside there's so much in the yeah, film like, so, like when, when she's when they've gone to the holiday home they've been to the beach and she's had her kind of wee freak out and she's like I want to go home and she, t- she says about the different things that's happened where she's seen the guy with the 11-11 yeah, yeah. thing and it's 11-11 the, o'clock when she's like talking to her son in the room yeah and... so the doppelganger when all the 11-11 stuff happened in the past that's before the doppelganger takes over. How would she know all that stuff? Yeah. It's rubbish. Um, like, yeah, so, if we, like, I'll add, I'll add, you're absolutely right, but even when you find out, again, right at the end, she obviously, she, she remembers that she's not that. And it's silly, because... Well, no, th- like, th- you're saying she remembers. Like, Sorry, we she, did, would, she would know the whole way yeah, through. We, we so, did, why, so why yeah. when the... Right, um, so, yeah, we, why when... The doppelgangers appear at the start, and she's here. She's like, oh, "I'm so confused. What's happening? Yeah, we, oh no!" But, but even yeah. then, like the 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 one, the original kid, like well, the upper kid, like I guess, like the, the, there's like this shittily tacked on, like always the government experiments in the fucking eighties aspect to it, as if like they're they're riding the coattails of MK Ultra kind think, of thing, right? Like yeah, that's I, like I never even. The, I, I, I must have. We'll, we'll, that's, I'll visit that's, that like, in a minute. See, like at the start where it does the whole like uh, the the males and males of tunnels. We don't know what they're for. All oh, right, okay, right. See, right. see towards the end of the movie, like a uh, the one who got choked, the one who like sounds ridiculous, the the one who we think is like the doppelganger, uh-huh. the terror doppelganger, but turns out to be like the actual girl. She talks about how it was like a government thing, and the government abandoned them, and all the rest of it. Yeah, right. But this is yeah. I, I, see, must, like, I must have been so bored by that point. Yeah. That I totally so, zoned out on that. But at, at that point, sorry to interrupt. Oh, at that point, like that girl, the one who was the original girl. Yeah. Like a, she says, at, at that day you could have taken me with you, but you didn't, and I started to formulate a plan, as if like, you know, the twist wasn't. A thing there, yeah. You, yeah. you took me. Uh, you took me. You, you could have you set me free. She or was the one from the exactly. Outside. It's yeah. again. It's like how the, it fucking doesn't work. Again, None of it works. Yeah, but that's yeah, but that's so yeah. Sick. And then there's bits throughout the film where Lupita Nyong'o is beating somebody, and she almost does a fiddly wee cry, and you're like, oh, is this your? Yeah, like, see, is when, this is this your wee when, breadcrumbs when, to when, she, when be... she stabs that one in the head with the scissors, yeah. and she's going. It's but like, yeah, okay, again, yeah, so you're, you're totally that So one. again, let's go back even, even to like so when Lupita Nyong'o is oh, taken man. by the doppelganger, right? Can I and sorry, and, can I also just point out that see Lupita Nyong'o in this? Yeah. See when she's the the normal one. Yeah. She's actually really good. She's pretty good in it. Uh, yeah. See when she's the doppelganger one, what the bad one? She's fucking yeah, awful. That was, like, I, 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 I didn't mind that. For the first thing, yeah, it was like fucking the exact dreadful. I, I didn't mind it. It did kind of remind me of Eddie Redmayne's voice in um, Jupiter. Right, <laughs> we, we keep cutting you off though. Yeah, sorry, so sorry, sorry. so like when the Peter Nyong'o at the very start, and we get told how it happens. So the doppelganger smiles, chokes her out, takes her, chains her out of bed. Yeah, you get that chain. Assuming, I mean, that's some, a, that's assuming somebody nitpick. lets yeah. her out, right? And then she has seen, because again, at the, at the start, she's seen the telly with the friend, uh, you know, people across America, and that's a image in her head because it's like the one of the only times that she was 
last she remembers being up uh, up on the surface. On the surface, you've got that, and then it's like, then we had uh, yeah, and again, the, the Prakos right. They're like, yeah, the government, but they abandoned us, and then it's got this imagery of all them kind of replicating what's going on up up in the carnival, and again, I'm like. I don't really know why this is happening and I'm not satisfied with that. Then it's like, we hatched a plan where apparently she found a shit ton of jumpsuits yeah. and a bunch of scissors. And I'm like, like you are fuck. you're not who, trying. Yeah. You are, you're who, just adding shit in for the sake of moving this fucking right, along. Okay. And I was like, you, yeah, like they say, like the government abandoned us, but what are they, clones? Well, that's the thing. Uh, it's, also, it's, who's still funding them then? They, well, that's the thing though, they don't get funded because like that's what the whole point of the rabbits are there for. Like the rabbits are just their food. Like uh, but again, just, the white rabbit left, thing they're is... just left down there. Yeah, but they're like, it's just, okay, it's okay, so, so terrible. You're, you're supposed to then it. you're supposed to then just think, right? I think that, the, these that's... kind of almost like mingless zombies to a yeah, certain degree exactly, yeah. have the have the ability of animal husbandry to yeah. feed these rabbits in order to yeah. maintain their food so and, and not, have children I mean yeah. does she have no, children like, they're, all, they're all supposed to be like so fucking tethered to the doppelgangers on the surface they're like if somebody gets married then the other person is with that fucking partner if they have a kid they essentially get raped yeah. like, so they, they, show, they, they show you things that the that she's seeing in the, the surface world yeah. Yeah, and, they're all and doing then it they're showing you them doing it right? it's like what but, the fuck? I know. How, if yeah. they can break that autonomy to then go on a fucking murderous killing yeah. spree and like be their own independent beings, why would they ever fucking fall into that thing? And like, why is it like that? There's two points where the wee boy can all of a sudden just control his doppelganger, mm-hmm. and like just you know when it's convenient for him. Like, why yeah. couldn't everybody just do that yeah. all the time when they figure out that's what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Uh, just like, see every, them, like every, every yeah. single aspect of it just does not hold and, up and there's a bit and again I don't know if the white rabbit's supposed to be an Alice in Wonderland-esque thing where it's like oh follow the white rabbit down to this fucking you know other world or whatever because there's white rabbits kind of about the place I know they eat the rabbits that's their food or something well the white rabbits don't actually come, like you get to be back at the start mm-hmm. but the white rabbits she doesn't see them until she's gone down the stairs yeah. at, at some point as well it is kind of they say like oh, where she's going down the rabbit hole I yeah that, no, that's that's what I thought it was uh, like looking at it I was like oh is that the symbol but anyway you're right Paco this film gets, does get worse the more you think about see, it when, every single part of it the more yeah. you think about it the see, worse it gets another bit again we're talking about like oh well she mimics this and it's like oh it wasn't until I knew you that you could dance and they have that wee fight where she's pivoting Dancing away from it. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't good. Yeah, it's not. It's, this it's not, is yeah. not, I mean, I don't know in your, again. Can we go back to just how fucking moronic her plan is as well, by the way? Yeah. Get everybody yeah. fucking standing a line across America. I, like, what? It's like to make a statement is like, for what? Fucking getting loads of golden scissors and jumpsuits. Yeah. So like, as soon as they go up into the fucking surface in America, they're just going to get shot to fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the cops like, will murder them. You, you see helicopters at the very end it's, over some cliffside, be like, yeah, what, what is, yeah, what is the plan here? Especially considering how, like this, like at one point this made me think of The Descent, where The Descent was a similar thing. Have you never seen The Descent? Where, no. Where it's like, rubbish. The, these things are built up to be a the threat because you don't know what they are. And then somebody just out of the blue just makes them a completely trivial threat. Like, mm. the family in this start fucking counting how many people they kill, like they're Legolas and Gimli in the Lord of the Rings movies. And apparently like, your kill count... Your kill count... Determines is, who can drive? Yeah. Like, all that God. shit. Like, it was so fucking bad. Everything yeah. about it's bad. Everything... Well, like I, I enjoyed Winston Duke. I enjoyed his performance. He's a very amiable fellow. 
but then once the home invasion started yeah it, it just it terrible. became rubbish like just yeah. all this stuff like the, the bit where like the doppelganger daughter is on the top of the car so they fucking put on the brakes and she goes flying out in the woods and then like they just let the mum go into the fucking forest on her own yeah there's yeah. a lot it's of like, oh the, she's the, way to do this the yeah. dad fair enough is supposed to have like an injured leg well but you would still be like yeah. we're fucking going with you yeah. or the daughter would go with her or something yeah at one you point mean, as like, well when the doppelganger dad's following him he kind of has a wee tumble he's like ah oh god uh, you're like this is poorly like they, poorly tr- they done. trivialise it like they start killing the doppelgangers so easily yeah. like just at every point but then some of them come back to life and then it's, it's like oh okay it's like yeah like that guy gets like okay the thing stabbed into his head uh, and then like still walks about after the dad as if nothing's wrong like yeah. the, I mean the twin gets hit off the bat she doesn't come back to life but she she wakes up and is still mm. doing whatever she's doing then it's got that whole aspect of like the main family or the main family. So like rather than being killed outright, they all get toyed with, but everybody else just get killed yeah. outright. Yeah, and then like, it's I like, realise that's also like a kind of horror trope, but it's yeah. just annoying, but, man. Peter Nyong'o kind of gets like captured by Elizabeth Moss's doppelganger family and is taken hostage, but then not killed. And yeah, why? Why exactly? Yeah. Why? And again, like don't like see the whole. Oh, they came up and they made a statement and it's hands across whatever. I mean, what was her plan? You could argue, well, maybe again that is the whole. Well, it's a symbolism for this, that, and the other. But again, coming back to what I was saying, my problem that again, I do think Jordan Peele has some good ideas. It's just that there's so much shit crammed in here that you can't explain or to further the plot. They have jumpsuits and scissors. We don't. It doesn't matter. Just have that, right? And I'm like, no, you can't have elaborate ideas and then. Di- dilute can... them and sully them with this because it, it, you're you're, it, the, you're you're taking a shit in your own idea yeah, by it, doing yeah. that. It's, it's more the idea like they're supposed to be tethered, they're supposed to be like interconnected, and yet like they fucking have got autonomy from each other. They don't actually have any fucking tethered aspect to it. So it's like you know she's like, oh, you like had a loving husband and some kids. I got raped. It's like, well, why? Why did you not just fucking leave? Because like you went in this murder and killing spree, and we're not doing things mirrored. Like I thought it was like at one point I thought it was going to be like an interesting aspect where if like if the if one of the doppelgangers kills like one, uh, then they would die. And it's like oh, so it's this thing where like the doppelgangers have been like trodden on, but now they're trying to rise up. But if they kill the other person, then they're both going to die. That's like a kind of yeah. There's like there's there, there's so, yeah, like their souls even, are connected or something. That, but you're like man, no. Like it's, the film is just shit. Um, like, except it, listeners, it's shit. Again, as I said, I think that there's some decent ideas in there. In there, they're just not explored well. Yeah, and I'll give Peely due. Like, well, when, well I, when, sorry. Well, as a director, I think he's pretty good. He's, yeah, he's you know, quite visionary. Um, he keeps it rattling on. Like, it feels like it goes at an actual pace. Um, visually there's some really nice shots yeah. in it yeah. the cinematography can yeah. be good at points when, when, when the doppelganger boy uh, walks out and kind of backs up into the fire mm. it's quite well, when, he's arrest- the, when he's doing the Christ pose you yeah mean. it's a relatively <laughs> arresting visual um, but luckily some- the mother just happened to be hiding next to a burgundy sedan sedan even so <laughs> yeah uh, fuck off yeah no yeah, but the, that's that what happened. I'm saying is I think that this in for us this is a case of you've got a talented filmmaker, but he, you could argue... He's given, been given too much rain. It's like, listen, you need to rein yeah. this in. You or just you, think it out better. No, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like he, he, There's no co-writer. And in my opinion, 
he needed someone to bounce. I think Jenny Young, I'm pretty sure, said it as well. I always had key to kind of yeah to have someone off. to bounce off, uh, and they can discuss a sketch, and they can do this, that, and the other. In this, there's loads of times you're like, you need to cut that joke now, or you need to rein that idea in here. You need to focus more here rather than bleed in this humour. But at the end of the day, Jordan Peele is the toast of the town in terms of the horror world, in terms of Get Out was so successful and he got lauded with all those things. He's took up with Bloomhouse. I think it is just, this is a case of a talented filmmaker that is, he just needs, this should be a learning curve. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... But like it's not going to be because everybody everyone to love loves it. it. Yeah. It's kind of like for me, and I know you would disagree with this, it's like when Winding Ref and made Drive and we all loved it. Then he made Only God Forgives. And you're like, no. No, nobody loved Only God Forgives though. Paco liked it. <laughs> I thought it was all right. But also <laughs> this is like amazingly funny to me because I know for a fact that Alan Kerr loves it and so does Andy Craddock. And uh, my mate Andy Connor, who listens to the podcast, stopped listening to Cinematic for the People because they loved Only God Forgives. <laughs> see, this is the thing: is I don't, I didn't like Only God Forgives. For me, this that Winding Refn is like it was a case of right, do what you want, and it's like nope, it's unfocused, it's boring. There's not a lot going on. You are given free it was, rein. It was, to, it was know, art house cinema wank, is to, what it was. Yeah. To be fair, I I loved the Neon Demon and the Neon, I like neon, the neon Demon. demon is the same in that regards where it's th- art house cinema wank. No, it, it was just more of it but, was just yeah. the I, kind that appeals. Yeah, to but me. I thought Neon Demon was far better than Only God Forgives. Oh yeah, totally. And again, yeah. I think it's because Only God Forgives, in my opinion, lacks focus and it lacks a reigning of ideas. Us, there's some good ideas in there, but it just it's it, such it's, it's so uh, us is a, it should be such a forgettable film. It really is just I I feel insane because everybody else fucking seems to love it. Yeah. It's like what the fuck are yeah. you guys on, man? Uh, us is a good double episode of the Twilight Zone, but Which he's uh, hosted. But, but sadly, it's a two-hour film. See, <laughs> see what I was thinking even, about even that. Like if it was just like if it came out and folk were just like. Ah, okay, whatever, move on. Yeah. Not like it comes out and everybody's like, it's fucking amazing. See, that's the bit that really gets when, me. Uh, people are entitled that, to... That's yeah. this modern culture, though, Folk where like it, they like it. everything them, gets man. evangelized and yeah. everything gets called a masterpiece and then it's fucking not. Yeah. If you're people the to- have no understanding of what these concepts no, are. No, it's the kind of... If you're the toast of the town and you make this great... If you make this film, it's, sometimes it's automatically, man, this guy is a genius and this is a great film because what a visionary etc sometimes it's a case of try to see past that person I mean again like I many a time I love Martin Scorsese but if it's bad it's bad and like see the one he did what was it Silence that's boring and I can be like I love the guy and he's a great director but sometimes you just great directors make shit like as as it always happens when you bring up Martin Scorsese I'm going to remind you that you need to watch Bring Out the Dead again because it's actually one of his Um, best films <laughs> um, but uh, fuck, what Neil, Neil's like sitting there, like kind of yeah. I, I, bring I, it out the I dead is really good. Like it's really good. Mm. I also enjoy saying it's one of his best films. I know it really gets, gets no. It's annoying. it's your it's, it's, it's Pollock thinks the same thing. I'm like, In fact, actually, it's probably Nicholas Cage's best movie. No. no, over raising Arizona. No, you're okay. or The Rock. We uh, instantly disproved me. <laughs> Have you watched Mandy yet? Uh, no. I will. Yeah. But yeah, like, if people like this film and they still like it after hearing us speak about it, right? Because, like, well, we're, we're not, we're not here to. No, but, like, Andy, Andy Connor, like, uh, this morning when we were in work, like, uh, he was like, oh, I quite liked it. Like, and he knew I hated it, kind of thing, right? 
But then, like, we, because I knew he'd seen it, we started talking about it. And then by the end of the, the shift, he was like, no, yeah, you're right, it's kind of shit. No, but like, that's what I'm saying. I, I would say, gone are the days where, like, I'm so appalled by something that I feel like I need to change somebody's mind. At the end of the day, if someone likes it, they can. If they can listen to this, they might agree, they might take something from it. That's up to them. I, as we always say, film criticism Here, is... I'll tell you what, actually, right? by all means... If you've listened to what we disliked about this and you still think this film is worth the praise it's getting, fucking tell us why. I would love to know why. Oh, did, did I mention at the start of the show that I had to tweet Clyde one? Why? why? Right, because uh, when, I, when I was... <laughs> I like the word I had to. It, it, it was irritating me. Um, so I was, uh, like, I was on shift and part of the shift was uh, we were out in the car most of the day. And uh, we had Clyde one on the radio, and the guy who I don't know who the fuck presented it but anyway. They kept saying how uh, they they had a wee video, well not video, they had a wee audio package for uh, all the the latest horror film, and it's called Get Out. They, <laughs> they said it about five times, and I'm like, this is basic shit. As like, how do they not know this? So I'm like, I don't usually Are do you this. Like, Fucking do your research. So I just went, now. guys, it's not Get Out. That is Jordan Peele's last film. This film is us. You said get out, and I put in brackets several times. Is <laughs> like I'm just letting you know that. Like <laughs> so I, I hope they just replied with nerd. I got nothing. Yeah. I got no tweet. Tommy back. Vass is now doing Twitter correctly. No, like I don't really do Twitter, but I was sitting there. Uh, only be better se- it with, well, actually, several <laughs> times during it, I was like, man. They've yeah, said it. Family. It's like they've said it five times yeah. in the space of three hours. I'm like, I, no, I'm gonna. Do you know what? I'm gonna try and save face and be like, guys, it's not that. It's us. You, you might want to have like, a word. You could at least like a preface your tweet with a, the obligatory. Sorry if you guys have had this a lot, but, <laughs> but clearly they had because it was going on for several hours. It happened. It, it did. It happened like the, the actual piece came up a couple of times. And I'm like, man, so how has nobody said anything to them? It's like this is this is daft. I mean, it's it's a huge film. It's out this weekend, and they, someone's just looked at from the director of Get Out, and they've just said, "Oh, it's called Get Out." Yeah. That's that's what went through my head. Uh, that I, I that, mean, was, that was like that was that was like one of the only two things that I, that that was in, that I found interesting. I, I kind of wish week. I kind of wish we had Alan on the show for today. If I'd thought more about it, like I would have got him on because like. I would love to fucking know what he sees in that Ask film. Ask him. Oh, we can get him on. Uh, we can, why don't you we, just we message can him? Totally revisit, I mean, like, we can revisit this, this wouldn't be the first time that he's entirely fucking wrong about a film, though, because he also liked Prometheus and the 2009 Star Trek, so... He, but you remember, he, yeah, he, went, he, went, he went back, back on one of those... Pre- he went back Prometheus. on Prometheus. Yeah. Um, so, like, in a couple of years' time, we're going to find out that he also has seen Sense and doesn't like Star Trek 2009 as well. But again, like, I think me, <laughs> us four are a total minority. Everybody else I've spoke, well, not spoke to per se, I've seen, ha- like, put their status up saying that they loved it. To be fair, the only person I know that's seen it is Jason Mann. And he fucking loves it. it. Like, I what the 100% fuck? expected him to go. Yeah, that was amazing, guys. There's a couple of folk that I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of thought, I, I was a bit surprised Jason liked it as well, but I mean, that's a discussion to have I, with that's Jason. That's entirely with love. Yeah, but... No, I, I 100% respect Jason. Uh, he knows a lot about film. He's got his opinions about film. Quite often do match my own, but sometimes he is wrong. Um, we're all fucking wrong sometimes, yeah, we're, man. Well, we're all pretty much wrong most of the time. Yeah. 
I it all being subjective. The other second, the second thing I, I found interesting this week, because again we didn't do the "How's your life been this week?" Uh, segment, was a colleague in work. We were talking about alarm clocks, and I was like, "You still rock the alarm clock? You don't have like you know, just have it on your phone?" And she was saying, "No, nah, the worst I used to have was I used to have an app where my alarm clock." The, it wouldn't go off until I solved this math pro- maths oh problem it gave God. me at the start. And I was like, why would you do that? It's like six in the morning, you're asked like a long division yeah. question. Because you know, if you know, I used to have something like that on it. Wake up club? Uh, no, wake up club. Like, you just had to tap it. You just had to, right. it was like a moving thing on the screen, you had to tap it. Uh, but like, my sister used to be like notoriously bad for getting out of bed for going to work and stuff like that. Right. And uh, one year, my brother bought her an alarm clock where the alarm part of it was attached to like a fucking essentially like a a helicopter style thing. Right. So like when it oh. went off, the thing went whizzed into the air and it was just like flying around the room. So like to, in order to turn the alarm off, you had to try and catch the fucking thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like I, right? I, I, I mean that is just. I'm kind of tired. I need to grab this, but it's like imagine waking up and you're like angry. No, like, you, you have to be like right. What's fifty nine times eighty nine? Yeah, go and you're like uh, uh, like you know that's the last thing you want to do is a quiz before like for, I, mean, to I guess wake like, the whole point is that you know you're not just gonna hit a button and go straight back to sleep without actually really waking up. Well, I mean the thing is this is where she said that she would have her alarm clock away from her so she has to get out of yeah. bed it's like well yeah when you get out of bed you're cold you're up you have to go that's it but having a maths quiz on no, top I, of that I, I'm like, completely doesn't work. I was like, like holy I to, shit like that's that's fat, fucking to, mess for me I was like I didn't think people would want to do that she doesn't do it now but I was like why would you even do that in the first place I used place? to try the whole kind of alarm clock at the opposite end of the room thing when I was younger but you get to the point where you can spring out of bed and like hit the button and be back in bed in less than a second like it fucking doesn't matter where mm. it is in the room I had you, you get that good at it. I had an alarm clock where it was in the shape of a football, and it was sat in this kind of wee, like kind of like place place like it was like a wee holder thing, and I would just when the alarm clock, I would just get the ball and fucking throw it because I was like fuck this to the point I actually broke it. That's like the smartwatch I got. Also, the other alarm I had when I was in high school was I had my CD player rigged up. And the fucking song that it played was Fuel by Metallica. <laughs> that was on the other side of the room. It was like, give me fuel, give me that. It's like, wake up and you're having a fucking heart attack because uh, a for, springs right into a really loud song. For a while I had a My Curse by Killswitch Engage as my wake up alarm. Oh, I remember that, yeah. man. I could hear that. And I was like, this is lame. It's like, oh, Paco's up. Or he needs to get up now. I don't believe in alarm clocks. Time is a social construct. Oh man, I wish I didn't Fuck have to fucking use them. Like, because that like it is something that like I've found annoying for years. Though it's like there's nothing worse than waking up to an alarm clock. It's like you start your day annoyed every yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, I got like a replacement like a Fitbit for the one I lost in the pub the other week, and yeah, this one's like uh, it says that oh do you want the the wristband to like gently vibrate to wake you up. Oh, you've it, told me. Yeah, your it, fucking it, arms like you. When, when it senses that you know, like it's the right time to do it, like yeah. a, a half hour window, like you know, like kind of around about your alarm time. So, so have like you I, strapped into your, your nuts yet? Not now. I will now. I guess I don't know. Like, can what it about, sense my heart rate through these? Does it kind of go Evil it? Dead Two? Hand. But yeah, it was like that was like man, that sounds pretty fucking neat. Like it was waking me up at the point where like I'm almost awake anyway or whatever. So like I fucking I put it on and I shit you not, man, like I fucking nearly had a heart attack in the morning. Was, was like, your heart rate like fucking <laughs> it's like, like, <laughs> fucking, cause, like I 
like I sleep with like my my hand pretty close to my head as well, kind of thing. Like I, it just like yeah, it starts vibrating. And, like I'm w- waking up like confused as shit. Cause it's it's like, on your left hand as well. You're, you're the side your heart's the, on, so you're probably like. That's <gasps> that's a myth. Your heart is in the middle. Um, oh, sorry. It's like yeah, okay. Uh, just it's vibrating. I'm like mega confused because it's the first day it's ever happened. And it's like just going off. I'm like oh my god, what the fuck? I don't even know how to turn it off. And uh, eventually, like I pressed the button on the side of it and I turned it off. But it turned out that was just the snooze thing. So it did it again five minutes later. And I was like, what the fuck is going on, man? It's like, just terrible. I'm not using that function ever again. No, I wouldn't. So and if I was going to do it, I'd have the phone as a backup in case it fucking didn't work. Yeah. Or I thought it was I thought it was a turn off button, but it's actually snooze. You're like, so uh, that was Raptors in the Kitchen. You can get us at yeah. Raptors Podcast on Twitter. If uh, you feel personally attacked by our opinions on us and what we think of you for liking it <laughs> I'm at Paco at, UK. at no point did I say anything bad about it it's you that were like you're wrong and you just don't understand how art works yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you hate it when someone says that to you as well <laughs> but that's like the newest point yeah, though, well, this, I, this movie seems primed to be one of those Oh, if you didn't like it, it's just because you didn't get it. Yeah, like, the whole like, thing about Get Out was if you didn't like Get Out or you didn't think Get Out was a masterpiece, you, were you just weren't racist. woke enough. Well, see, Whereas this is me and you. maybe not quite set up as much as yeah. that, but you'll still get I, I look forward to the many think pieces yeah, about sim- how we're not woke enough for it. A similar film that me and, well, not a similar film, but a similar idea where me and you love it and Paco doesn't. But I would never could be, turn, a, could be a shit. But I would never turn and Wrestling. say, I would never a film. <laughs> that's kind of that's theater. Your uh, mom. I would never turn to pack and say the reason you don't like it is because you don't get oh, it. Home drive. Yeah, I'd just be like, all right, that's not for you. Trash. Whereas I love it, and it is ambiguous and mm, art, an arty wank. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I, I liked it. Mm, that's um, the thing but I would never say though. you don't get it I'm like man but if you don't like that, it you that's don't the like thing it. with Long Drive though like I think it is so intentionally that it's like he has tried to make a film where people will try and figure out the meaning of it when there's no fucking meaning to it it's a fucking rubbish film it's boring no. as hell I, like there's I, that I, one I, bit I, where I she flicks her bean that's good and then the rest of it is terrible I, dis- I disagree with the statement that he's tried to make a film which people will try and find meaning in when there is no meaning. Lynch likes I to think fuck what, me, what Lynch, Lynch makes films that have meaning to him. Like, the way he makes films, he's, he said himself that he sees film as uh, essentially the same way as like Renaissance painting, where he's create, creating uh, an image on screen which you, you take what you want from it. You, but like that's you, you're you're giving it importance that it doesn't deserve though, because like Renaissance paintings, like there's so much fucking skill and talent goes into them, and like you know, like every fucking filmmaker takes skill and talent. Like not not Mulholland Drive though. Like what the fuck was that little thing that pops out the box at the fucking end? Okay, that man. film's ridiculous and shit, <laughs> and it's like it's entirely there to make fucking film students feel important when there's actually nothing to it. The film is fucking boring. It's the same as Blade Runner. Like, the original Blade Runner is like, is he a replicant or isn't he? Who fucking cares? Nothing happens in this film. Wow. <laughs> you become the thing you hate. What's that? Telling folk what they what it is and what it isn't. 
Man, maybe I looked into the void too much. The abyss fucking looked back, whatever. Maybe you just didn't understand them. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so at Raptors Podcast (laughs) on Twitter, uh, at Vast Destruction for myself, at Scorch808 for Neil. Paco is at Super Liberal Woke. (laughs) Uh, Triggered 2019. Outrage. Outrage. Hashtag. Hashtag fucking. You don't know, I know. <laughs> Which is happy the name of your podcast. You don't know, I do, or I know you don't. Let me tell you something. Like, let me tell you what it is. Uh, yeah, at Paco RUK. Um, That's a podcast we could probably do. Yeah. Uh, it's a podcast nobody wants to fucking listen to. It'd be fun. Not every podcast ever made, though. It would essentially just be five hours of me telling you why the Lord of the Rings sucks. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I'd get into that. <laughs> uh, and we're on like, are we still right? So, what's the deal with? Are we still on iTunes? Because you were saying there's something like it's not working for Andy, but it seems to be working for everybody. Well, working the, with Neil. the old stuff wasn't working. That's just a new right. episode. Really? I will test this when we're not recording. Right. Right. Uh, and yeah, like, and you get us on well, iTunes and well, SoundCloud. Not at the moment. Uh, no, SoundCloud definitely. Oh, we good. We were hosted. All right. <laughs> I thought it was like, uh, we hadn't paid the money. No, no, it got paid automatically. You guys owe me money. There's a difference. All right. <sighs> what do we, like, two quid? Hey, uh, I'll check. Sweet. Um, but you yeah. take a check? I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's significantly more than two quid, though. I'm pretty sure it's like... Is, in, it, is it six pound a month? I think it's like 72 bucks for a year. What? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, that'll be next Friday you'll be getting that money then. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> um... What else? I think that's us. What's out next week? Uh, Dumbo. Dumbo and yeah, well, it'll be Dumbo. Nobody's going to come up against that. There what? No, there is a Lords of Chaos. Oh, uh, uh, which I quite fancy is a documentary about black metal in Norway. Yeah, Craddock went and seen yeah. that. He he really enjoyed it. He says apparently a guy fainted uh, at the GFT. Um, uh, and fainted and spewed. GFT crowds like. And I was like, geez, uh, oh. but he he said it was very very good, and I'm like, even though I'm not into my black metal man, I'll, I'll get. Yeah, I quite fancy that. Yeah, yeah, and that was Rabbit in the Kitchen.